Gardens is just a glorified like swamp zoo. We all know that, right? I don't know anything about that one. I know about Williamsburg. I've been to Bush Gardens before, and it's the only place I've ever seen an alligator in captivity. And <laughs> it's you shouldn't see an alligator in captivity. It really is just a glorified swamp zoo. It's like wait, hey, wait, 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 wait. A alligator in captivity in Florida? Yeah, right. I feel Think like the that. other alligators probably show up to him like, nigga, how you get caught? Correct. <laughs> like, you just see an oppressed alligator. <laughs> just, Nobody just show- knows. No one told him the alligators got set free. June they style. They show up outside and pour out some seaweed juice. <laughs> they all turn their them. tail and just run it up across the fence over and over again and make the... Brrr, brrr, brrr. I don't, I don't know why, but in my head, the alligators were all dressed up as like little kids and pretending to be kids and just like, ah, look at this nigga here and just talking shit. Hey, Allie, can you come out and play? No, nigga, you know I'm grounded. <laughs> He's locked up. Hey, Con. Can't get him. <laughs> Man, I don't know how I got caught. We was all at the same party. Why aren't you in here with me, right? <laughs> Yo, for real, like it's it's a swamp zoo. It's uh, I will say though, uh, it is also the place where I had alligator meat for the first time. So they have alligators both in captivity and to eat. It's <laughs> I don't know. It's my it's my, it maybe it's changed because I I was like eleven when I went or like maybe nine. So it's been a long time since I've been to Bush Gardens. But even as like a nine year old, I was like, yo, this is just a swamp zoo. <laughs> like, I was like, as a nine year old, I was like, this is really fucked up. Why are we eating alligator while we look at them in captivity in Florida? I mean. By the way, alligator's delicious. If you get a chance to have a fried gator tail, you should have it. I was going to say we had some on the cruise, but um, just I don't see what the benefit is of having an alligator locked up in your zoo when there's an alligator standing behind the people who are watching the alligator. (laughs) In Florida, <laughs> excuse me, in Florida, like we can see those. Like we could, we could just go to our hotel rooms and look outside and see those. Like, uh, and those then, alligators are literally like eating kids. Why would we want to go see one locked up unless we want to throw rocks at it? Your cousin killed Johnny. This is for little Kenny. 
I, I assume Kenny is the kids that get killed the most. I assume. I assume. You know, I think that's because of South Park. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's not true. But I assume, like because of South Park, I now just assume all the Kennys are in danger. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. South Park. I wonder actually how, like, if parents after South Park started, like, stop naming their kids like Kenneth or Ken just to avoid being a Kenny. I would think they would stop naming their kid Eric. Really? Unless they're like a Trump supporter. I feel like um, Yeah, I feel like Donald Trump would be a MAGA. You know something, though, because I bet there's fewer Donalds. There's probably fewer Eric's. I mean, there were fewer of those anyway. There might be like a, a resurgence among his supporters, but overall, I bet there's like fewer numbers of those now. Yeah. They've ruined those names. Like, no one's going to want them. I know a dude named Donald. It was, you know, obviously before. Absolutely fucking hate that dude now. I knew one black Donald. Yeah, me too. Life. And I'm not talking about Glover. I'm, I mean, like, one ever. Well, in... Every Donald I've known that was black has been a piece of shit. Well, every Donald that I've known has uh, changed their name to Donnie. Ha, huh, that's not better. No. But... I think I knew one in high school. He was all right. Mm. Every Donald I've known has been literally a piece of shit, like a womanizing man, like wife-beating, horrible piece of shit, like just the worst. And I'm related to a Donald. And I say that knowing that I, there's one that I, I have a, a family tag to put on. And I still say exactly what I said. Sorry, that's my alarm to make sure I make the show. <laughs> oh yeah. So um Scar, let's talk about your list. Which list? Like, like bucket list? No. So Scar made a list of um like favorite rapper and, and rapper he secretly likes and um Oh, okay. Yeah, let's hear that. Do you remember what your list was, Scar? Um, I remember the only thing that people seem to get from my list is the fact that I called Nas overrated. I don't understand why people are so mad about that. If you make one good album and you don't do it anymore, it kind of stands the reason. People really like Nas, and I'm just kind of like, I'm just not here for it. I understand that his... his, Nas made more than one good album. Can we give him credit for uh, Big Willie Style and Millennium? No. I feel no. like we should. He wrote most of those. He wrote them, but people aren't gonna like in the, the, the in the in the annals of time. Nobody's gonna really think. Okay, he performed that. There's gonna they might think he wrote it. They might, because a lot of folks honestly don't give Will Smith the credit that he deserves anyway. There's a whole video about. There's a whole video about it. I've never actually seen it, but it's suggested to me all. The time they call it the Darth Vader theory. Why uh, why hip hop hates Will Smith? Um, in that I've seen that headline like a million times, but I've never actually watched. It. I have watched that video. It's complete bullshit and trash. Um, their argument is that the world hates Will Smith because he's done nothing but make good movies and good music, and it's like no, which is that's not why we hate him. Because honestly. Um, in this corner went double doo-doo stain and code red with boom shake the room went triple platinum titty juice and um on millennium 
with uh with Wild Wild West. Like he didn't put out a lot of good albums. It was just well, Linium did fairly well. Like like I feel like the reason most people dislike Will Smith is because um Will Smith has always been on the line of pop. He's never been like making anything truly dirty. Uh he's never made anything truly gritty. He's never made anything like with any real street value. And like, he's always been like the very beginning of what we would consider like a pop rapper. And like, we fucking hate pop rappers because they're mad successful. They get mad rich doing rap and they they do it in a way that as um, a culture, we deem uh, as not being authentic. Like we deemed Will Smith as inauthentic, even though all he was doing is just rapping about being like a young black kid trying to stay out of trouble. But, like, we deemed him inauthentic because he wasn't talking about drugs or, like, the struggle or oppression or how hard it was to be Black. And because he wasn't covering the topics that we deemed to be authentic topics in hip-hop, not only was he wildly successful, but he became, like, truly hated. I don't know. I don't don't really – I do see the logic in that. But I was a kid when Will Smith first came out and, like, I was literally like maybe nine when he first came out with parents saying nothing but trouble. Um, oh, I love that. I, I don't, I, I didn't know anything about any black issues or anything like that either. And I think that honest, if we're honest with ourselves, most of our contemporaries didn't know anything about that either. I think that there's a lot of people in hip hop, now and then who are just following the crowd, following what their leaders say, following what they think somebody else wants to hear instead of standing up for themselves. And it wasn't just Will Smith who caught the brunt of that. MC Hammer caught the same thing because at the time that MC Hammer was doing True. it. Um, Vanilla Ice. Not not just Vanilla Ice, but uh, what's, what's that? The gas face. Um, the white boys. Um, third base. Third base. Are on the oh East yeah East. I forgot about them and so everybody wants to like third base the gas base became popular and they had the video with the hammer and all that kind of stuff so now all of a sudden everybody wants to hate on hammer but I mean in all honesty I think that it speaks more to pop goes the weasel what wait. such bullshit let's be honest yes I mean and and the thing is no. we strive to complain about this. We strive to stay inside of what everybody's going to think is acceptable. And Will Smith and, 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 and MC Hammer, unfortunately, weren't what people considered acceptable at that time. And it's unfortunate because, in all honesty, uh, the, his uh, self-titled album, the Will Smith album, was really good. It was really good. People were like, he's sampling too much. Which one are we talking about? The one with uh, one getting jiggy with uh, it on in Miami. <laughs> Oh, yeah. That one was... Okay, so that one was actually really good. Uh, my only gripe with that one is he didn't write the majority of that one. So, like, my look, gripe with look, Will Smith... But can we really uh, talk about and, that, too? Like, look, is that a big deal now that people aren't... It, it is. I feel like in, in the... For me, in the genre of, of rap specifically, not in the world of hip-hop, in the world of hip-hop is not a big deal because, you know, Dre, Puffy... Timlin, like they've all had people pin verses for them. So in the world of, of hip hop, it's not that big of a deal. In the world of rap, when you are a rapper, because rap isn't doesn't require you to have a natural singing ability, uh, like obviously the way you sound as, as far as your voice plays 
some role in it and being able to write a beat plays some role in it. So you have to have some musical ability, but the largest part of rap is the actual artistry of constructing the rhymes. And that is where most of my respect goes to as far as the artistry of rap. I understand that like riding the beat is not easy, but the actual artistry of writing is where my respect goes to in hip hop. So like, I won't take anything away from his ability to write a beat. I won't take anything away from how much like all the songs in that album were banging. I did enjoy a lot of them. I will, however, uh, knock him for not writing his own songs and I'll knock him a little harder because he's a ra- he is a rapper who has written his own songs before. I, I so it's that, it's like it's not, it's not even like he's not capable of doing it. He was just like, oh no, I'm just gonna bring in Nas to tighten this shit up because I'm trying to make this money. Cool, but I don't respect it as much as, as I would a true art form that he emanated entirely from him, or at least emanated more from I think him. The whole so no, drink. no, wait, wait, Scar, hold on, wait. hold on. So here's my question: How do you feel about Michael Jackson? Michael Jackson's a singer, feel, not a rapper. Yeah, he's a singer, and and no, this is no, in, no, in so the I'm genre saying, of rap. And that's like, why due to the fact that, that due to the fact that these R and B folks say Michael we, Jackson is a pop star. Michael Jackson is a pop singer first yes, and but foremost, I'm saying, they and Michael all Jackson have, did not write a lot of his songs. They all have yeah. writers. And we don't know. care about that. Why do we only care about it? Like, wait, comedian again? Because as I just said, in rap, it is not about your ability to have a singing ability it is it is about your artistry in this case comes from your ability to craft rhymes it has always been about your ability to craft rhymes it's never been about oh i can sing better than someone my voice is phenomenal i sound better it has always been about your ability to craft rhymes at the end of the day when it's just two dudes like one dude beatboxing another dude rapping is assumed that you wrote those rhymes that you crafted those rhymes it doesn't even have to be about something that happened to you experience and all that bullshit i think is bullshit but at the end of the day, the artistry of rap and the thing that I respect as an artist is you wrote those rhymes. And when you did not write the rhymes, then I have less respect for what you have put forth as art. So you have less respect for like Little Kim. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It doesn't take away from it doesn't take away from like what what, what, what they've done, but like what like I was getting ready to say before you cut me off. Um bad, this bad. all of this came up with the whole Drake thing, Drake and um push. Um the idea that someone else is writing for you and you're claiming to be king. You can't be king. You can be really good at this, but you can't be king if you don't write your own shit. Period. Okay, so what about what about um oh what's that nigga's name? I just went blank. So, shit, what about Puffy? Yeah, I just said that like nobody... in, the world of, in the world of hip hop, I, I feel like that that's fine. In the world of So rap, what's the difference between hip hop and rap? Hip hop is the culture and the life that surrounds uh basically what has been made by black people and the surrounds the streets. Rap is the actual art form that involves writing rhymes and then performing them uh typically to a beat like so that's the difference in the art form of rap i have no respect for you if you don't write because the the two things that a rapper must do is perform to the beat which kudos you if you do that and then the other thing is writing that's two things so if all you did was perform to the beat you did 50 percent. that is an f in my book and while you, you can have a about, glorious album about authors who use somebody else like i like how you keep on to find examples that's not that's not in rap though. Again, we are talking about in the genre of rap. Like you keep looking for examples outside as if they're going to be relevant in the genre of rap. 
Look, two I things. I do not have one, respect for you. Two things. One, Jay, you're getting kind of animated. Two, oh, no, my bad. I'm two, high, so you have to my, my fault. Two, I'm looking for other examples because we are literally putting this in, like, we're we're narrowing this down to one thing that affects, like, literally five people. Well, I'm saying, like, it doesn't need to, I feel like... I feel like it doesn't need to be contextualized in the concept of everything else, because ultimately what we're discussing is rap. We're not discussing uh, like I, I, in the realm of hip hop. I think it's, it's acceptable because in the realm, again, the realm of hip hop that we're talking about the culture. So in, in Puffy's case, I feel like we can respect the fact that he recognizes talent. Uh, he knows how to put people in the right places and he understands distribution and business. I'll always respect his business acumen and his ability to do that. But if you approach me and say, well, what do you think about Puffy as to Scar's point as like a rapper, where do you put him on the ranks of rappers? He doesn't even fall into my lists of not even the greatest rappers or just lists of like, Oh, here are all the rappers that I respect and I'm into because he's not, he's not a rapper. The two prerequisites for me are you must write your rhymes and you must be able to perform them. It's a, two things. And if you cannot do those two things, or if you choose not to do those two things, uh, like I just don't have respect for you as an artist when it comes to the genre of rap. So with the whole Gilly the Kid thing that popped off with uh, Wayne way back, when he was like, I was writing Wayne's raps, did y'all lose any affection for Wayne at that point in time? Yeah. Like I'll I'll say this like and again when we talk about like legitimate and I think it's it's I lose respect like when Snoop said the whole thing is actually I had a lot of respect for Snoop until he was like well you know us guy ghost wrote for people when I was starting off now I have people ghost write for me I lost a little bit for him there too again it's as a rapper if you want to be considered in my mind if you want to be considered the greatest you do the two things that rappers are meant to do you write and you perform your art when we talk about the greatest rappers there are all the rappers who do that and the thing that i will big up Nas on is that Nas is still continuously written and performed his art and while we all take shots at him i feel like it should be noted that <clears throat> we can take him and put him side by side by kanye and Nas always wins out in my eyes because Kanye doesn't always write his own shit. If ever he's written his own shit. Okay. So here's my, <laughs> this one even makes me laugh, but here's my question. So I write my own rhymes. I freestyle my own rhymes. Within shows, you hear me make up rhymes. Am I better than Will Smith? Yeah. <laughs> So I'm going to say no. Here's why. Huh. Why not? Uh, Will, Smith has, Will Smith has written an album. I've heard Will Smith. Oh, I wrote an album. album. I have one. Uh, yeah. I, I, I okay. wrote well, a whole album. I, 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 huh? I've, I've, heard, I've heard what you've written. I've heard what Will Smith has written. We'll leave it there. Hmm. But I wrote all my stuff. Nothing's ghostwritten. Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought that within the fact so if we're going if we're going pound for pound, what you have to do here is you have to pull someone who'd never written anything and it never like so if you're going pound for pound like Will Smith's written stuff versus your written stuff, even though you've never ghostwritten, if I just c- compare Will Smith's written versus your written, he has enough well written stuff that like he can still like get into the argument. 
my reasoning with Will Smith, and I guess my biggest issue with Will Smith will always be uh, when he came back. He came back not writing. And, and that I did not understand. I was actually a little hurt when I found out that he didn't write his stuff because I actually liked Will Smith. And, and I still like Will Smith, honestly. But I, I, I respected him as a rapper. And I liked him as a rapper. And I had been like in the streets rah rah for him. <laughs> and then he came back it with with first of all came back dancing uh through shiny suits which you know whatever and then uh you know after the liner notes dropped and you see like Nas's name on like literally every single song you're like yo did he write any of these and it's like it made me lose respect for him but still having said like like if you asked me to compare you and Puffy as rappers oh you would win over Puffy all day oh, every yeah. day or you versus Dre as a rapper. You beat Dre all day, every day, despite the fact that they've dropped two, you know, well, not they, but Dre's dropped like two re- relatively hot albums. It's just as a rapper, yeah, of course you beat Dre. But like when you're telling me to stack you against an actual rapper who I've heard rap, who's done the two things I asked, writ- written and performed his rhymes, then like if I stack your two written works up, his still written stuff is really good. So I'm not knocking Will Smith, the writer, nor am I really knocking Will Smith the rapper. My disappointment of Will Smith is is really unique in the fact that he's capable and he just decided not to. And that's kind of the same way I feel about Snoop Dogg a little bit. It's like, you're capable. You're extremely talented. You just are too busy or just are done with writing. And like, if you're done with hip hop and rap, like, especially in the case of Will Smith, you don't have to come back to fuck around with it. That's kind of what you're doing in my mind. Like, he was already making money. He didn't have to come back and be like, hey, guys, it, it was just an ego trip for him. And it wasn't even one that was substantiated upon anything truthful. I've been real hard about Will Smith today. My bad. <laughs> so here's, here's my next question. I, I feel like I'm the, the, the interviewer on this one, and I'm okay with that. Uh, after writing two seasons of Sin and Solace, depression and lack of any returns that were plausible in the time that I, that I felt that they were necessary for me uh, caused me to step away. And a really great writer uh, came and wrote episodes for me. Does that Uh take away from the overall value? I thought that it built upon the overall value. No, because the context Uh, of what we're talking about is (laughs) in rap. You're going to keep saying that. Jumping outside of the genre. Like, no, no. Outside of it as if it makes a difference. But it's not, I I mean, honestly, maybe it's different. They're two different art forms. Like, so think of it like this they're two different art forms. Okay, so if I do a poem that somebody else wrote. Like, be compared to. Well, no, no, it's not even that. It's like me comparing a sculpture that someone's done to a painting and asking, well, if this person did this in sculpting and they did it in painting, would you accept it there? Well, no, because it's two different art forms. They don't translate the same. So for a show, like for shows especially, multiple hands touch shows, multiple writers work on shows, that is a norm for the art form. No one expects the show to only be written by you. We don't expect it. But I will say, if you had written it as a novel and you wrote the first two chapters of that novel and then you handed that novel off to someone else and had them write it, ghostwrite it, the novel became wildly successful. You're going on tours and talking about what was inspiring to you, saying how you wrote this incredible book, and then it came out later that that novel, that it again is expected to be written by one person, has been said it's been written by one person, found out that someone wrote basically 80% of that novel for you, 
yeah, I would be a little upset then. And that would be a, a time when the expectations in this art form are one author. And the only thing you were supposed to do in this case as a novel author is write the book. You wrote 20%. I would have an issue there. For a show, no, no issues because that's not expected of the art form. For rap, the expectation has always been since the beginning that the art, the rapper has both written and is performing his own art. And the fact that while liner notes may say who wrote what, if Dr. Dre was like, yo, I'm about to drop this hot rhyme that Snoop wrote for me. Y'all check this out. And, and did that for every song. I don't think anything goes anywhere because then we're all like, this doesn't feel real. And that illustrates the point. Like if Will Smith was like, thanks Nas. And then started rapping Nas's verse for him or had Nas rap it with him. Cause he did it. Like if, if, if we pulled back the curtain, so to speak for that, I don't think those things go as far because the expectation, especially in hip hop or rap, excuse me, is that the rapper both wrote and is performing his own rhymes. I guess that's why, I don't know. Maybe that's why I always- Like, and I get, I get if you don't agree with it, I understand that. Cause that, like, there are a lot of people who think like, nah, and I get that. And it's not even me saying the song's not hot and that the album's not hot. I'm not trying to pretend like I, I won't fuck with any of Dre's shit. I'm not trying to pretend like I wasn't dancing to Puffy and Mace in the 90s. I'm not trying to pretend like I didn't fuck with any of that shit. I'm not saying it doesn't have any merit and that it doesn't have any artistic value. All I'm saying is, is that when we start meriting the rappers who perform those songs and their strengths and what we think of as being uh, the list of quote unquote, the greatest of all times, there are people who don't make that list who don't get mentioned for that list. And in my mind, maybe uh, don't even really get listed as a quote unquote rapper because they're not, because they never wrote their own rhymes. It's like if I wrote all my own rhymes and never performed them, I wouldn't consider myself a rapper. So like it's 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 a weird dichotomy because then on the flip side of that, the people who ghost wrote these amazing hits, like I give them a lot of credit, but is consequence one of the greatest writers of all time or one of the greatest rhymers of all time? Mm. His skills. Right, you see what I'm saying? <laughs> no, I'm I, I, no. I it's a don't. weird dichotomy. It's weird. It's it a is. weird dichotomy. I get it. I get it. It's weird. I can That's guarantee you that there are writers out there who are definitely talented and can get out there and 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 perform, but they also ghostwrite for other people because the money is there. Um, I just, I honestly just feel like I don't know. I feel like. It's it's, yeah, it's it's very it's, subjective. No, no, not that. I just feel like it's bougie. Well, I mean, when it comes to the skills, I lost all respect for him when I asked him a question on Twitter and his response was very <laughs> unsatisfactory. What was his okay, response? So he, he responded to you on Twitter, first of all, which is shocking. I feel like you... you no, I feel like skills will respond. <laughs> I feel like skills ain't got nothing else to do but respond. <laughs> I mean, he's a he's a DJ now, so he, like he does all of these like DJ gigs and like tours with Nicki Minaj and all that kind of stuff as her DJ. Um, so like he kind of shifted um, for like what oh. he does. I think he still writes, but he like, plays yeah. MP3s now. That's that's what's up. 
Yeah, but uh, because he he did a lot of stuff with uh, Jazzy Jeff, and Jazzy Jeff helped him like learn how to DJ, and he became pretty decently good at it. Um, but here here's the thing. Here's what happened. He put out a remix to the Snoop and Jay Z song, the "I Want to Rock Right Now" song, Mm -hmm. and he did his own verse, and he was talking about how. um, And at the end. He says that because uh, he does basically a, 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 a copied and altered version of what Jay-Z did on that song. And then he claims that his verse was better than Jay-Z's, uh, but Jay-Z still has more money than him. But my question was, how can you really compare the two? Because Jay-Z went in to make a song you went in to try to make something better than Jay-Z. So how, how do you directly compare the two? Also your verse wouldn't exist without Jay-Z's Jay-Z's verse actually originated from some place that wasn't just, Oh, I've heard something dope. Let me see if I can do better. So yeah, Yeah, that sounds an awful lot like uh, cannabis and LL Cool J and how LL went back and changed his verse after he heard what cannabis did. That sounds like some, nah, he, he has, he doesn't have a leg to stand on on that one. Yeah, and he went the he went through the whole, uh, uh, you know, it it in rap. Every time I go to do a, every time I go to write something, I'm writing to be the best, and wah, I'm wah. pretty sure that he went to be. The best. <laughs> so like, blah, blah. And it's just like I just, no, it's like what you you literally would not have written a verse to this song if you hadn't heard Jay Z's verse, which means by default because he inspired your verse. His will always be better because yours would not exist without his. And 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 what makes it worse is it's not like he just did a verse. He did uh, like one of the same things like that edited Jay- verse. Uh, <laughs> Jay Z at the at the end of his verse he made a uh, he made his rhymes while interjecting the names of rappers into his you know i used i used to take rob bass turn it into easy rock like that type of thing um and skills did the same thing with adding rappers to his you know uh, adding rappers to his verse yeah so it's just, like that's not really better that's just like you you are taking what's out at the time yeah. or taking what the artist you're, you're taking the idea from and using their idea and then saying but i made it hotter I yeah, mean, think, but in the long yeah. run, I could see why he would have done that because Jay-Z was like, he told Nas, you made a hot line, I made it a hot song. So if you can make something that's better, isn't that hip-hop? I'm not even saying that to be, like, facetious or anything like that. Like, if you could take somebody's own words and use it against them or their own but, style, but, but, but in that line, But in that line, Jay-Z didn't actually use the rhyme. He used that part as a sample and then made a whole new song. Correct. And that's what I was just thinking. Or like uh, what um, Swiss did where he took that, uh, you a customer, homie. I'm just like, that feels like uh, taking something Jay-Z has said and then building a song out of it. But like just hearing a verse and being like, I see the overall concept of this. I'm going to do the exact same thing, but I'm going to spend more time trying to make it better than he did it. And then I'm going to say I did it better. Like right. that mentality is dumb to me because it's like you wouldn't have even begun on your journey without his verse so like by default like he wins because you're not in the studio doing this shit and then like y'all did this concurrently and yours was doper then like all right because i would compare that to uh remember when timlin did 
uh, Timbaland and Busta Rhymes both had a Knight Rider beat for some reason at the same time. Yes. Y'all remember that? I definitely preferred the Knight, the Timbaland one. And I just assumed that what happened is that that was just concurrent beats that they just happened to be running at the same time. If that is what had happened, where like they just happened to be writing a, a similar rhyme structure, or a similar like concept, like dropping names of a rapper into raps, and he was like, "Look, I did this back in 2013." Then I have a little bit more respect because it's like, "Oh, you thought of this, and it was kind of concurrent thought, and you were better." But just, just, you just, heard it and changed it. Fuck yeah. you, bro. And then like how um, Dre, um, there's a there's a local producer, uh, a, lo- a Richmond um, area producer named Knotts. And he made this song and he said, Dre hit him up and said, where did you get that sample? And then made it made that same sample into a completely different song. Well, I, I have to give the props to Knotts, right? Yeah. Like, so Knotts was the one that originally found that. And then like, so Dre made a song for, for Snoop called The Boss's Life based off of the same thing that he heard from Knotts. Mm-hmm. So, well, it, it all has to go to Knotts, right? I feel like I feel like this that the 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 person who made the sample kind of gets the nod on that one because like like if Dre had just t- taken the song as is then not yeah gets the, the credit but he just took the sample and then reworked it like I feel like in that case he just heard the sample and was like oh that sample's dope I would do something different with it. And then, like, he did do something different with it. Though it's not, I, it's is not finding the sample, like, a credit-worthy source? Like, a, is that, is like, is finding the sample really where we're going to ascribe credit at this case? Like, I'm just curious about this one. Are we really... I mean, but that that would that would describe um, the whole existence of Dilla. Well, I feel like... Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah i i will say this I f- you, come on yeah yeah that's good, that's good. <laughs> i feel like finding the sample uh if it, it, again i feel like you would not have had something to find without the original artist so i feel like the the credit that you're kind of ascribing to the person who found the sample itself may not be uh like well attributed i think that still just goes to the artist like, it's dope like yes dre would never have found it but but what he did was not that different. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I don't know. There's so many shades of gray in this at this point. Mm-hmm. I will say this, though. Um, I think we lost Rashani. I think No, you didn't. Out. No, I just feel like you've checked out of this whole conversation. At this no, point. I'm listening. But honestly, as with a lot of things that I talk about with, and I've realized this, anything that I talk about with folks from the East Coast, it's going to go completely over y'all's heads. I'm not saying I like y'all dumb. I'm not saying I like anything like that. I'm just saying like when it was us and I think it was Rod and Karen and they brought on the loonies, no matter what I said about the loonies from my side, I got, I got talked over and I got poo poo. When we were talking about like tech nine, we were talking about anybody. The East coast is like, this is where I'm at in my mind and nothing can change that. When I talked about Tupac, this is where I'm at in my mind. When I talked about E40, this is where I'm at in my mind. Nothing can change that. So why even try? Oh, I forgot the the song that Knotts did was "Everybody Rise" by um by Busta Rhymes. Oh, okay, 
I was, and then Boss's life is not that different. To your point, uh, Rashani, I, like you're correct. Um, East Coast is really opinionated about rap, and I think, it, especially like once you as you get closer towards New York, I feel like in the South uh, we're a little bit all over the place. Like there's this this whole allegiance to Houston and all the shit that comes out of that, and then Atlanta has this whole like little fan base, and it's just where you are in re- relativity to those, but like. You're correct. A lot of the East Coast does take uh, like a real almost militant stance towards like we just don't fuck with anything West Coast. And to be fair, like uh, like every time I talk to someone about hip hop, like now that I live here, it's a real different conversation, especially older people. When we start talking about what we listen to. In our Bruh, like if I had mentioned Sir Mix a lot to y'all, I would have got laughed out the room. Oh yeah, no one uh, on the East Coast ever respected Sir. But in Seattle, it wasn't it wasn't until I moved here that I realized, like, oh y'all fuck heavy with Sir Mix a lot. You know more than one song. Like it's it's, it's more than Baby Got Back, really. I know I know two. No, he had more than one. I know, I know two songs. I, I know uh, my my posse on Broadway. My posse's on Broadway. That's it. And Baby Got Back. Baby got oh, put him on the glass. Did he do put him, put on, him on the glass? I have no idea what put him on the glasses. Oh, put him on the glasses. Just so basically, jump on uh, it. Um, he did. He beep, did, wait, did he do like a hoopty, beepers, uh, square dance <laughs> rap, buttermilk biscuits? There's just so I mean, and it's it's the same way that like whenever y'all talk about like even. I mean, y'all don't talk about them, but country boys or whatever their name was, the whole dang world's country. Like, I would only be able to say that one song, and then y'all be like, well, what are, actually, that happened. <laughs> y'all were like, what about this song? Remember this song? And I was like, no. No, I don't. But the problem is, not so much about hip-hop. It's just that a lot of the podcasts I know are all either on the East Coast or based from the East Coast, and some of the quote, end quote, preeminent voices in hip-hop podcasting right now for our groups is from the East Coast, and so there's a, a, a bias that I just I recognize, and I'm just like, okay, I see the room, I can read the room, and I'm just going to cash out. Should we cash you outside? There, Well, there's nothing for me to benefit, there's nothing beneficial <laughs> of me standing here and and trying to belabor a point like y'all have thoughts y'all have opinions y'all have topics i'm just gonna let y'all have your thoughts and topics because it ain't really hurting anybody any way you look at it for me to well, stand was, back and let y'all talk about it it's not gonna kill me dead it's not like i should keep well, trying to jump in and be like well what about this like that's just <laughs> going to uh, like that's that's really like like a four-year-old who's really like i'm gonna get my points and nah, i'm good I'm cool. I'm a, I'm gonna sit here and listen I, I and get a like good show out of it. I feel like there's uh there's points that you make that are there's perspectives that you have that like as a person who grew up on the West Coast are and actually I have all your points as a person who grew up on the West Coast are valid, obviously. But I feel like there's there's contributions that you add because uh, I will be honest with you, I did not know. Uh, that E-40 was still rapping until I moved here. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, my God, he has an entire discography. I thought he did, like, 40 Water because that was what I heard. Uh, and then stopped. Like, everybody and thinks it's like, right. and then just stopped. But no, yeah. that nigga just put out a new album, like, last week. <laughs> Correct. So that's what I'm saying. Like, until you move to the West Coast, you don't realize that uh, there are a lot of, I guess, dudes that um, I just never heard of or fucked with because they never made it past Houston. And it's, it's the same thing for the East Coast for the most part. But again, yeah. 
with the circles Which is that we run in. In some cases, though, because there were a lot of shit shows that came out of <laughs> out of New York. Uh, JT Money, uh, fucking pretty much uh, uh, like uh, although we I talk all this JT Money for a while because yeah, I I I I, 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 I yeah, I, I, well, like we talk a lot of shit about like motherfuckers out of Houston because they're like we hear like you know Bon B UGK. And all them dudes, but there were a lot of goddamn awful people out of Houston too that were just passing their mixtapes out, trying to get their ludicrous on, like he did in Atlanta. And the same thing in Atlanta, there are some fucking terrible rappers right now in Atlanta who are just passing mixtapes out at gas stations. So, like, I feel like you kind of you missed maybe some of the people that we have like affinity towards, but you also missed some of the people that like fucked up our day. And you should feel like joyous about that. You miss some uh, truly oh, awful rappers. World mixtape. <laughs> um, I mean, everybody's got a mixtape somewhere, like just sitting around waiting, right? I have one. I have three, but um, I, I know my audience, and unfortunately, y'all are my audience, so it will never go anywhere. Which one I'm going to put out another podcast and just call it uh, Sacramento's Finest, and it's going to be people directly from the West Coast, so I don't feel like I am the class clown or the doofus when I talk about stuff. You should also shout out people from like the West Coast who are doing stuff who are young that maybe people would not notice that, you know, you can give a little light to. I, I, I tried that. No, I mean like specific art. Like so I did a thing where uh for a bit when I had the sketchy Negro where I was just hitting up like local artists that were making music and just been like, look. No, really, my cousin my cousin has a uh like trust me, I know all the like that was a long stretch of time where for our show and for single simulcast i was playing local rappers in sacramento yeah i'm saying like that that would be kind of a dope thing to continue doing with the show that was called sacramento's finest yeah until the you know the more i think about that name the more i think about the fact that the cops will probably come beat me up no they wouldn't they would definitely uh vandalize your home but they would not beat you up physically because that leaves evidence that can be corroborated in court <laughs> they, would they fuck up your home oh repeatedly uh would they drive by and make you feel unsafe you and your family of course they would because oh, yeah, yeah, come yeah. on they're the police at that. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but would they actually uh endanger you and have you survive to tell the tale nah no if they ever, if you ever get hit by a cop, you should just assume you're gonna die because, like, he's not gonna stop it. Just like, oh, I hit you. Now, why don't you go tell everyone about it? He's gonna kill you. That's why, like, camera phones are fantastic because before, when a cop hits you, it just meant you're gonna fucking die today. Just go ahead and get ready for that shit. Now, at least it's like, well, if I get my phone out, maybe I don't get killed before I get enough evidence to leave for my loved ones. God, that was dark. I'm sorry. So Scar said that the rapper he thinks is overrated is Nas. The uh-huh. rapper he thinks is underrated is Big Crit. Okay, here goes you guys' South. Conference. Look, who's your, uh, I want to hear your underrated and overrated. Me? Yeah, of course. Um, Gosh. Who's your underrated rapper? I feel like you already have one on deck for that. No, I have You're a couple. talking about a bunch of West Coast no, rappers. But, we but, but the thing is, E-40 isn't underrated. He's just. Well, not E-40, but I feel just, like you have a, a rapper on deck for who you think of as low-key as underrated. Royce the five nine. I know you have one. And you're right, he is underrated. He's dope. He is underrated. And I <laughs> I, just, just I feel like, like he does I feel like he hangs out with two niggas who are too too accol- or too many accolades. Not more talented, but with more accolades than him. And I feel like he doesn't like everyone else is getting that shine and he's like, yo, but what about me? He's just not tall enough to catch the shine, I guess. The funny thing about it is everything that we talked about way back when we did the hip hop round table. 
I would if I went back and brought all those folks back again, things would have changed by now. Yeah, of course. Sure. And, and life life lessons, you know, and as you think, live and experience things. No, I think I think the ghost of Biggie would still be a problem. Yeah, that that killed Del. That killed Del Frano. I felt so bad about that. <laughs> he was like, "This is bullshit." <laughs> Yo, what, who's your overrated though? Eminem. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I mean, that's unfair. I feel like you just picked two people from the same squad. Come on, bro. Oh, <laughs> oh. Well, I could pick somebody else. <laughs> I mean, like Honestly. I wasn't. So Eminem does. Uh, Eminem's overrating does actually boost your point because Royce the five nine hangs out with them quite frequently, and it was like, ah, oh, yeah, M so great, and it's like, but what about Royce? Royce is so much better. He is. He doesn't yeah. have the cachet. It will. Honestly, have overrated the future. Yes, I agree with you on this. I still don't know why Future has a record deal. He I don't know how he, he got his one. Lyrics don't make any sense to me. I don't, like, I I don't know how he got I, one. How does? How, <laughs> Go ahead, use your words. I, <laughs> <laughs> my thing is like sound like future. <laughs> my thing is my thing is like how we had someone who someone who just decided um, to just use auto tune as wrong. Right? Like mm-hmm. just ass wrong. And you know, sound basically like your 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 uncle who still thinks he can rap. Um <laughs> and like he just had like future just had really hot beats. And it was basically the it was basically the Migos beats before Migos. And like and and I'm just gonna be quiet. Just- Actually, I, I I know. So I I said I don't know how he got signed. But I know. So Future is cousins with uh, I think Rico from the Dungeon Family. Yes. And so uh, what essentially happened is uh, the Dungeon Family just they don't make poor music. Like let's just put it out. Like they don't really make like there's very few songs by them that don't just bang. And truthfully, uh, the songs of, the, of theirs that I've heard that didn't go anywhere, it was the artist's fault, not theirs. The rapper didn't do great. The song was still like, God, that bangs. Like, there's so many songs I fucking love that just came from. And I, and I think that that is also proximity to Atlanta for me because, like, I grew up in a place where all I was hearing was just dope-ass beats from them dudes. But that's legit how, because he was with the Basement Crew, that's how Future got on. And that's how he continues to kind of get on because, like, he a lot of his beats still come from them same dudes. And so, like, the Dungeon Family, that's that's how he was able to do that. When it makes me upset because I fucking love them, but also they're responsible for why Future exists. And I don't know. I, it's just... Though Baby Future is uh, hella cute, so... He ain't... Baby Future is cute because of... Sierra. Of oh, Sierra, yeah. And, and, and the love that Russell Wilson is showing him as a good yeah, And the fact that he, he has never met his true father. <laughs> under the tutelage of Russell Wilson. It has nothing to do with... Oh, that kid's going to be the best. I, I really hope he starts playing football. And, like, there's, like... Because, for real, there's so many salty-ass, like, like absentee fathers... In that who, group, the scarf's still in. Who are, who are pissed at <laughs> Russell Wilson... For for just being a decent human being, like it would have been worse if he was just like beating the kid and be like, "Get this fucking kid out of my face." But no, he's like playing with the kid and, and being truly supportive of his wife and her child, being you know a good human. And everyone's like, "Fuck Russell Wilson for being was, good." My in, in my mind, the perfect weather that works out is that futures like, "Hey, 
you want to do a song with daddy? And Baby Future's like, nah, I play football, bro. I don't rap. Oh, no, I want him to uh, <laughs> focus only on football, get to the NFL, go to the Super Bowl, win the Super Bowl, and then drop the sorriest, most piece of trash Super Bowl shuffle remix. Super Bowl shuffle out the Super Bowl. <laughs> and he's just like, auto-tune is like, Super Bowl shuffle. And just, and just do uh, a perfect future impersonation. And then be like, this is for my dad, Russell Wilson. I want him to do that so bad. <laughs> so the rapper that uh, Scar is his current favorite is Kendrick. Um, rapper that he secretly listens to, it's not a secret, Scar. It's Migos. Uh, favorite rapper of all time is Fonte. I, I had a hard time trying to find... How's your favorite rapper of all time, Fonte, and the greatest of all time, Jay-Z? Well, favorite and greatest are, are are different. Like you can recognize some people that I, I realize are not great, but I fucking I fuck with them heavy. Get yes. that? Trying to find no, someone trying. that I secretly listen to was really difficult. So, yo, who do you secretly listen to, Rashani? Megan The Stallion. Word, you, you dig her? Okay. Oh so yeah. Oh yeah. Here's, here's the problem with Megan. Like, <laughs> um, she needs to diversify. Like, no, she don't. She, she can be has, nice to do all she wants. She is she is a really talented rapper, but she, she has not, three subjects. Nigga, look, look, In and Out Burger has a double double, the single, and the hamburger. You I ain't got to like, change nothing. I feel like uh, time is gonna do that, uh, Scar. So like, because honestly, what will happen is that she's gonna get bored rapping on the same shit. She's new. She like I know she's been around for a while, but like she just got on the quote unquote scene. So like. Tom is going to diversify her. Like, she's still new to rap. Let's not pretend like she's been around forever, forever, for real. Like, she's still new. Tom can do it for us. And honestly, like, my biggest issue, my biggest issue with her uh, will always be, I feel like she, she doesn't get enough exposure. And I feel like it's because we have this weird, we can only have, like, this Highlander scenario with Black uh, rap, like female rap, fuck women, women who are rappers. Like this is weird. Like there can only be one black woman rapping at a time, and or and, and even though like even with Cardi, who's not black by the way, there's this like pressure to be like, well, you you have to be the only one. You can't you can't let Nicki run around and and be living her life. And it's so weird because like it's not like that with like men, but with women for some reason we're like, well, you got to be the it can only be one. And, and it's like they're fighting over scraps, which is unfair. And, and honestly, I, I like her too, by the way. I, don't, I wouldn't say I'm ashamed to listen to her, but I will say that like, I can only listen to like maybe about 10 minutes of her because to Scar's point, like, it's like, all right, cool. So you just only know the same shit. Like, yeah. I need you to... Yeah. I need, I, and I'm waiting for time to do it. Who knows? In all honesty, we've had a lot of rappers... And and yeah. this does speak to the misogyny of us that there's a lot of rappers that only rapped about being on the block could only rap I feel like about the corner boy said that about them though, and we we shifted away from them. Like the example I give of this is is Luda. So like Luda's first couple of albums, like they were dope, and I thought he was a great rapper. But my problem with him was like I feel like he's not really saying anything. Nope. And then wasn't. like to and to his to his credit. 
he then he shifted and then he began actually like rapping about legitimate shit and then he quit rapping. <laughs> so like, but to his credit, he did actually shift. And I think, I feel like uh, she has the talent. Uh, I think she knows her audience. She has her has the talent. She's hella hot. Yeah, she knows her audience. I feel like she's right now as a as a as her a rapper. Audience is Southern Lil Kim fans. Yeah, and her and as a rapper, I feel like uh, she's she is she is extremely talented uh, in a way that like there's times like uh, when you watch that whole like because I just watched the whole uh, new class freshman class cipher. She's the only one who actually like shows up and raps. Everybody else is just bullshit. She's like, oh hey, no, I'm here to fucking rap. <laughs> and I mean, to her credit, I feel like. Uh, she seems like she's working really hard. She's on a grind and she's starting to pop now. And that's dope for her. I would like to see more diversity from her, but like, you know, like Rashani said, I feel like we should give her at least two or three more albums before we start. Like, I, at least I personally feel like we should give her a couple more albums before no, we're like, that shit. she got one more. No, nah, that's, that's she got one more. You sound like the folks who was like at the Lion Kingdom today. I'm just saying like, I feel like uh, give her some time. Cause like, honestly, your life has to change for you, your your perspective, right. and, your voice and, and to change. I saw, and I just saw a video where she was talking about the fact that she's still a student. Yeah. Yeah. So she yeah. goes to Howard. Young. Texas you know what I'm saying? Southern. Young and like. She goes to Texas Southern. What are you talking about, Howard? Oh, whatever. <laughs> okay. She's, she Texas. she's a college student. Yeah. Well, and she's young. And like, you know, she's, she's give her time to try to like learn some shit about the world and have some shit to talk about. I feel like it says it's, it speaks volumes to her actual talent that before she has, you know, like like what we would consider like deep viewpoints, she's able to like bust on the scene right now. But anyway, uh, why is that like a, a low key listen for you? What Megan? Yeah, why does it make the stallion like make the stallion like your? I don't talk about actually it. nothing is secret for me at this juncture because I don't really talk. I have some secret. Li- I have some secret listens. It's just that it's just that it's something that if it came up while I was in the kitchen cooking, if the kids came in and said, "Alexa, play Megan the Stallion," I wouldn't be like, "Turn that shit off." I'd be sitting there, bobbing my head to it. That's all. Okay. You know what I don't understand though. And this gets on my nerves. And this, I God, dog it. Okay. Do I want to do this? Do I even want to deal with this? Sure. The hatred of J. Cole. (laughs) (laughs) J. Cole and Nas are very title. Just the hatred of J. Cole. I just don't understand it. They're so similar. Like he, him, he and Nas are similar, with the exception of he is a much better beat picker and much better beat creator than Nas is. But his, um, his songs are just not very interesting. Like he yeah. has a few that I like, but for the most part, I'm just not interested in what he has to say. It's not. And, yeah, it's it's just. It's, no one is will ever take away his technical abilities. I feel like as a lyricist, technically he's very sound. Uh, I feel like, as correct as a beat picker, as someone who like, as someone who crafts a song, I think he has incredible skill. I'm just never excited when a J Cole song comes on, and I want to be. 
or like when a J. Cole album drops, I'm never like, ooh, I know what I'm listening to at work today. Like Schoolboy Q dropped an album and I legit got excited. So I was like, oh, this is going to be dope, which it was. <clears throat> but I, I liked it. Yeah, I liked it. But like, like, I just never get excited for a J. Cole album. And it's not even like I hate him. I don't hate him. It's more just apathy. It's, it, it's just, uh, <laughs> like, no, that's, you know that's how J. Cole makes me feel. J. Cole yeah. makes me feel just, uh, like, are we listening to J. Cole now? Like, it is not even a hatred. It is 100% just apathy. Like, I just, I don't, I don't have, hatred makes me want to fight against something. I don't want to fight against J. Cole. I just want it to be over. I just, I, I, I guess I just, I don't know. Again, standing where I'm standing and, and on the outside looking in, I like his music. I mean, he has albums that don't always hit me immediately, but, by and large, like I, I think the dude is all right. And that, Neighbors that, was dope. Uh, Tell the Two Cities was dope. Uh, Get off my dick was dope. Um, I did like that. Watch was dope. Um, uh, let me see. Apparently was dope. Uh, no role models was dope, and and I could just go down the line. Like there I were no role models, and I like Get off my dick. I did listen to all those other songs. It just. I think I'll, I'll uh, currently <laughs> like current hits. I like um, I like Middle Child. Middle Child is really dope. <laughs> I didn't I didn't like Middle Child. I, I like Middle Child because it was him talking about how folks who uh, it, it it resonated with me. Like folks who should be helping other people get ahead, they just aren't. Yeah, and he's and he feels like he is the middle child of like the the old school rappers like Nas and like these new dudes. And but so he's he's, he's taking it upon himself to uh, help these new rappers, like he did with Twenty One, but the the folks who are established aren't reaching back to help him. You know what? That that should have been my um. I secretly listened to. I really kind of liked Twenty One Savage. I didn't realize that I liked him as much until I went and I looked into my um my new dude's music playlist. And even though a lot of the songs are not like his songs, he's featured on a whole lot of them. You know, it may not be a secretly listened to, but it's somebody that I didn't realize I listened to until I was kind of like uh, going through a couple of my playlists. But I fuck real heavy with Danny Brown. Okay. Yeah, like I really, really fucking like Danny Brown. It's uh, some depressing ass music, but I fucking, I fucking dig it. Earl Sweatshirt too. His favorite producer is Timberland, and his favorite group is Outkast. Favorite group is Outkast. Yeah, mm-hmm. favorite producer is Timberland. I'm a stan, uh, and I know, I'm always going to be a stan. I'm, I'm I was trying to think of who my favorite producer would be. I mean, I could have easily said the Neptunes, like, but that's kind of like still Homerism. Can I go to the Dungeon Family for this? I feel like they are a production. Yeah, crew. Yeah, that that would be my favorite producers. I I did just have a whole spiel about how much I fucking love them. Yeah, that would be my the Dungeon Family would be my my. Uh, I think they just might be the Dungeon, but yeah, they fuck. I fuck with them pretty heavy. Rick Rock, or else Dr. Dre. <laughs> Yeah, Probably Dr. Dre did some shit for the West Coast. So Dr. Dre, Ooh, DJ Quick. Oh yeah, DJ Quick is dope. He's actually uh, I, f- I feel like for the West Coast though, like 
Dr. Dre is like the foundation of like he is so the much foundation, of, but DJ so Quick is what happened. DJ Quick is like the 2000 version of like Dr. Dre is like the 1989 Supra. What did uh DJ Quick do in the 2000s? Everything. Let me hit me up with a couple of songs. Hold on. Because honestly, I, I like I I know him more sadly enough as a rapper than I do an actual producer. Oh, I can I can yeah like I all the songs I've heard DJ Quick on he like would jump on and rap so I kind of I only know the ones I've heard him rap on <laughs> and I don't know the ones he was like in the background for you know what I mean like the ones he just straight up and down produced because he always rapped on this shit at least I assumed he did okay so yeah, I'm looking him up now he's still alive yeah, yeah he's still alive good I was gonna be sad if he wasn't. He he did eight ball and MJG's songs. Um, he did uh, all the yeah. Tupac's albums, Better Days. Uh, he did Talib Kweli's Quality. He did Truth Hurts, Truthfully Speaking. He did Chingy's Jackpot. It, he he did Addictive. He did Jay Z's The Black Album. Oh, uh, he did Addictive. He did Addictive. That is his producer. As fuck. His producer credit. He did Addictive. Mm-hmm. Nice. What was the one you said from Jay Z's Black Album? I think it was Lucifer. Oh, that's him. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I'm saying like I just I I don't know a lot of the stuff that he ha- has not actually like you know hopped on and rapped on. So if, if he didn't he like did Maroon up, Five, bro, so I remember he did a he did a dope ass song with uh was it like Raphael Sadiq? No, he did he did Justify My Thug. Uh, was it Let's oh, Get yeah. Down? And he did Dope Boys for uh, the game on LAX. Um, okay, okay. No, like I said, he did I just, Danny Boy, which nobody remembers Danny Boy at all. He did one for Nick Cannon because they can't all be winners. <laughs> I mean, he got paid. Yeah, he did. Ah, uh, Nick Cannon. Let me tell you, I actually don't have anything to say about him. I just, I just was laughing at Nick Cannon, <laughs> which is ironically enough the only time anyone laughs at Nick Cannon is when they listen to his music. He did. Why you bullshitting? Hmm. Okay, I have enough examples now. Please, let's stop. <laughs> I, used to, I, used to that, I used to have that as a ringtone. Really? Wait, do you have a ringtone now? No. Really? So, like, I mean, obviously, like, my phone, my phone is always my on phone silent. Is almost on, my phone, my phone is, is always, always on silent. But if it is not on silent, I do have a ringtone. What is it when it's not on silent? Is it just the, like, T-Mobile, da 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 or whatever, you, or whoever carrier you have? I have I have no idea what my ringtone actually is. Because I know what mine is without it being on. Rashani, do you know what's yours? If you don't, if your phone's not on silent, what does your phone sound like? Is that just, is it just you, like, humming that? Because that would be dope. No, that's actually a ringtone from a... From Samsung. Uh, I wish it was just you, like, like your phone was just, dude. I wish it was just you doing that, like, it, with the snaps. That would be so dope if that was your ringtone. What is your favorite ringtones that you've ever had? Oh, the one I have right now that I actually, I'm trying to, okay, so this is, can I play this? Is it loud enough? Okay, so my ringtone now is. So, like, if if my phone is on, that's what plays. Word. Yeah, and it's gone off in the office multiple times, and it's been like, yeah, that's accurate. I'm a super Negro. I got to I got to take this. <laughs> Mine is yeah. uh, the chorus line of 
my favorite ringtone of all time was the chorus line of So Ambitious. Um, How'd that go? The motivation for me is them telling me what I could not be. Oh, well. And then it goes into the beat. Um, hold on. Let me see okay. if they got it on. Well, I know Scar should have well, known it because that's his boy. I, I did love uh, <laughs> on the Nokia when you could like program in songs. I did love the Nokia version of Crimea River that was programmed in. that was hella dope (laughs) so that might that might go in from because i i enjoyed the fuck out of that it took me 20 minutes to type it all in but when it was all done it was very good so yeah i'm gonna go with the the nokia version of crimea river when i didn't have a job Mm -hmm. it was um it was uh nate dog uh from the next episode like my phone would just start a hold up, um, and <laughs> um, and when when I did have a job, it was the it was just the beat to "Gotta Get You" the um, Jermaine Dupri joint. Mm, nice. That shit just that shit just makes that shit just makes you want to just bop to it. Like you know what I mean? I really fuck with that shit. That's my favorite shit of all time. My favorite ringtone from like old phones was the Go Dumb uh, ringtone from Oh, nice. The Federation. I was gonna ask, what was your uh, your most cringeworthy ringtone? So the one you're like, Ugh. <laughs> like in retrospect, that was that mom. was not a good look. I, I had I had the ringtone. No, um, actually, for not for people I didn't want to pick up the phone for, uh, there was a song that Ladanian Tomlinson did way back. Um, I don't know why he did a rap when he was with the with the uh, Chargers. But one of the things he said was he was talking about the referees and he was like, I don't like that call. That's a very bad call. I don't like that call. That's not crazy. That's, that's funny. Call. And I made that the <laughs> ringtone for unknown. Numbers. That's sweet. No, that's that's actually adorable. What are you cringing about for that? You just wanted to tell us something Be, about no, because my mom like had a friend who called from a block number and they got insulted. They thought it was directly for them. When all oh. know exactly why, you know, and, and how'd they hear it? They're in the room. Why were they calling your phone in the room? You've never had an old person call your phone. You've never had anybody call your phone back then and say, What's my ringtone for your phone? Oh, okay. And yeah. I don't have them logged into my phone, so I don't like that call. <laughs> I don't think I, I don't think I don't think I ever did like a bunch of different ringtones for different people. Oh, like at, at the time I had I had a different ringtone for Sherry, but like I did not have like separate ringtones for different people. I like, had separate ringtones for different like friends and different people and also I, I did have the numbers uh God, this is gonna make me sound like a terrible person. So y'all remember that ludicrous song, uh Ho? You know, yeah. use a hoe. Yeah, I had that uh, for girls I didn't want to pick up for. So that's what became their ringtone. So if that ever came on, I just knew not to pick up my phone. Uh, I'm not proud of that. That would be my cringeworthy moment. That's what I'm saying. Like, that was what I meant when I was like, just like, ooh, cringeworthy. Not my best moment. I'm the only one who shared one. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> no, no, just like for me, it was it was being out somewhere, especially around white people. And the next episode comes on. Mm. Well, no, but like you still have time before like anything really bad happens. I feel like having your phone yell, "I'm a super I mean, bro." Well, like, the, the, I'm comfortable the, with it now, but <laughs> for for the niggas who think we soft, like is one of the oh, first yeah, things, that's, that's right? <laughs> <laughs> you gotta get that phone quick. Hold up, like oh, for real, hold up and wait. <laughs> 
Yeah, you got a, you got like about four seconds to get that phone. I forgot about the next line. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my, my phone went off. Uh, I was at the vending machine away from my desk, and my phone went off. It was like, I'm a super Negro, but dudes and zero. And so, like, everyone in my office is like, I'm the only black person in my office. I have been every job I've been at. So everyone knew immediately whose phone it was. And so I was just, like, casually strolled back to my desk, like, yeah, it's a phone call for me, and picked it up and then ro- walked off to a room and uh, had a whole panic attack about it. It was great. Point is, is no one else saw me have that panic attack, and that's a win for me. Also, I need to pay my chase bill. That's what the phone call was about. So, uh, <laughs> Nicole Murphy cheated with uh, Antoine Fuqua and uh, immediately said that they were just friends. Like, they weren't really... It wasn't a romantic kiss. It was a friendly kiss, but you know, she was wearing a bikini and he was wearing shorts and he had her all pulled oh, up I on saw him. This. Yeah, yeah. Just uh-huh. had sex sort of kiss. And a lot of people out there in the world said that it was justified because she was hot and Leela Rashan was had gained weight. And I just want to tell folks that first of all, y'all are pieces of shit. Secondly, Leela <laughs> Rashan is wonderfully, amazingly gorgeous even now. But y'all can go fuck yourself more than anything else. Yeah. Uh it's never justified to cheat on someone, first of all. I mean uh, I mean, and secondly, she, to weight shame somebody as the justification for it, as it opposed to shaming the person who cheated. Yeah. But exactly. then she got sick or something, right? Like, you know. What well, mean? it doesn't matter what happened. Okay. No, I'm just saying, like, if she got sick and gained weight, if she ate and gained weight, if she just laid down and gained weight, if God said, "Boom, thirty pounds," she gained weight. It doesn't matter. He's a piece of shit, and everybody's deflecting from the fact that he's a piece of shit because they don't think that Leela Rashawn is the person that they that she was when they fell in love with her when she did. Harlem. And why is she not a piece of shit? Because this isn't the first time she did this shit. Oh, people are getting on her helmet too. But why are we like like, like getting the, the do some, some like flat. exactly? Why is he getting the pass? Also, I will say this: I feel like. Like, okay, there's no such thing of this kiss that I saw. Uh, there's no such thing as a quote-unquote friendly kiss. I don't believe, like this. I don't believe this was – like, once you go mouth-to-mouth and y'all ain't, like, recording something, <laughs> like, this is not, like, two friends been like, all right, well, like, I have friends who are girls, uh, and after we have lunch or whatever, I'm not like, all right, good lunch, mouth-to-mouth kiss. We have mm-hmm. awkward hugs at best. <laughs> and the hugs are always awkward because we're never sure whether we're going side or front. It's a weird thing. Yep. But like that's 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 what I would expect of friends. But like straight up and down, just being and like, and and ain't no body to body kiss happen where y'all are right. friends. And and I don't I don't believe that. So I might hit you on the cheek. I might give I, a kiss on the cheek, and even then, it's like ooh. Yeah, right. Kisses on the cheek feel forceful to me. Like I'm not Joe Biden. So like. I don't buy any of that explanation. I feel like that's just a complete lie and shame on you for thinking that we would believe that. Mm-hmm. Secondly, I feel uh, like you are correct. No one is giving him any blame for what uh, it's done or laying any blame at his feet. It's always just trying to find reasons for him. And I think some of that is just black men in general, because they get to control the narrative so much when it comes to black conversations. And, and so many black men uh, believe that there are reasons for uh, not being faithful to their women. And it's a real legitimate problem with men in general. But as black men, you would think that we wouldn't echo that shit. But here we are. Uh, So the other problem I have with all of this is uh, what happened to, like, cheating on somebody in private? Like, what happened to, you know what, I'm going to get my fuck on behind doors. Like, how are you... 
out at the beach or outside, like as a known celebrity, getting your like all you had to do is just not kiss her. Is what I'm trying to say. Like get a hug in. You could have kept all this under wraps. What happened to the decency oh, behind? Either of them real celebrities. Like she's famous mostly because she wasn't married to Eddie Murphy. And he's famous because he was a director, and not many directors are like well known. How about this? Training day. How many? Yeah. How many directors have had uh, works of art um, nominated for uh, an Oscar? It won an Oscar. Well, they didn't mm-hmm. win Best Picture. They didn't win Best Picture, but it was nominated, right? Mm-hmm. And it had oh. a and had a Best Actor win. Yeah, it had a Best Actor win. How and many? I- uh, how many directors? Uh, how many uh, people you think are in that group? And then how many people are in the world? And then if you look at that percentage, uh, of course he's fucking famous. He's famous enough uh, to where he shouldn't be fucking cheating on his wife in public. Mm-hmm. Honestly, you don't have to be famous to not cheat on your wife mm-hmm. in a sentence. But if you're going to do it, and I realize people do, if you're going to do it, at least have the fucking decency to do that shit behind closed doors. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, not, I'm not trying. And again, I'm not saying that you should cheat. I'm saying if you're fucking going to do it, have some goddamn class about it. Like, don't put it in a situation where your wife is suddenly going to, or your husband. Where you're hurting the other party. Where you're hurting the other party. uh, Exactly. Because you are hurting them, but you're causing them more harm. uh, Because now not only do they have to deal, because he could have cheated on her and then had a remorseful situation and then went back and they could have handled it in private. It would have been three people as already more people than should be in this relationship, but at least it's the minimal amount of damage. Mm-hmm. Now has everybody uh, involved in this because uh, even though people are fat shaming her, we all love Lila Rashawn. Um, I don't know why people are fat shaming her. Honestly, I'm kind of hurt about that personally. But like, as a culture, we all love Lila Rashawn because of what she has meant to us. And of course, now we are all in on this. Like, he should know that. No, and, no, most folks are like, nah, she's fat. Well, and here's what I honestly feel: I most honestly people feel like went. Is, most people are saying she went from sunshine to the actual sun. Well, you didn't have to repeat it. I haven't heard anybody say that except for you, so I'm going to look at you with the side eye. Yeah, it sounds like something you would say, Scar. Scar, you feel ashamed of yourself. I'm never ashamed of me. I know, right, Virgos? To to quote Scar, I ain't shit and I ain't never said I was shit. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Okay, I haven't seen Lula Rashawn recently, and I'm going to look her up. I'm curious. She looks like... It's it's different. She looks like a 55-year-old woman. Oh, she can still get it though. She's gorgeous. Yeah, I was still tagging to this day. I don't know why we have such like hatred of thick women. I'm still confused by it. I, you know me, I don't have a problem with this at all. But at the same time, you gonna get them jokes in because you ain't shit. But the thing is, the thing is. Then uh, Lisa Ray, who y'all may know from the Players Club and the Players Club, um, Sister up, like yeah, Nicole Murphy did the same thing with my husband. Yes. And then folks were like, "Yeah, but is your husband fat like Leela Rashawn?" And that's when shit just went completely off the rails. Like guys literally can't be trusted to have a good conversation about um, infidelity without it turning into how can I blame? How can I blame the woman for it? Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, if, if it were the other way around, let's say, like, Antoine Fuqua gained a, a, a bunch of weight 
and gotten super chubby. First of all, no one would bring that up as a defense for Lila Rashawn, which is laughable to me. But then if she cheated on him, uh, they'd be like, oh, see, this is why you can't trust a woman. And I hope he got her prenup. And if he didn't, he should take her for half. And it, it would turn into this. And it really, what it, what it all boils down to is motherfuckers hate women. Mm-hmm. Uh, and because they hate women, everything that happens involving women is always going to be the woman's fault. Um, mm-hmm. Some of these people who hate women uh, justify their hatred of women by things that other women have done to them, as if uh, the one time a woman broke your heart means that all women are evil and you have to now be a piece of shit to all women. Uh, some other people, and these are real fun, hate women because they won't have sex with them because all women should always want to have sex with them. And when they don't, after getting turned down by maybe two women, they all just assume that it's their fault that they're not having sex and it can't possibly be uh, on the, pro- like the actual person ask- doing the asking out. Uh, there's just, there's so many, like, actually the crazy part is I just realized I'm just on a rant at this point and I have so many other shitty men that exist to go through. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I'm like, I can't even, for the sake of comedy, I got to stop. But <laughs> there's so many shitty men that exist in the world and it's, it's a fucking epidemic at this point. Uh, and like, like there's a comedian that uh, does this whole set about how um, she honestly uh, just wants to kill all men. We don't need them. Just like milk them all with the sperm forever and then just kill them all. Uh, and like, as a man, I wholeheartedly support that. Like we're kind of awful. And if it happened, I'd be like, yep, this is justified. <laughs> like as I'm dying, I'd be like, yep, I get it. I get it, man. Like, good luck. I hope this works out for y'all. Uh, the milking process was fun. All right, I'm dead. Wow, he's done a lot of music videos. Like, a ton. Who, Hype Williams, who has a new video with uh, Meg Thee Stallion? Really? Yeah. Hype Williams came out of retirement for Meg Thee Stallion, son. Hype Williams used to be everything. Like, when... When, when you got I, a Hype Williams video, you were made. That's how exactly. you, you had... Like, I have, I, am, I have arrived in the world of rap. Hype Williams has done my video. For real. <laughs> Shout out to Meg Thee Stallion in the Hype Williams video. It's actually, I haven't watched it. I just saw the ad for it. I, I'm actually going to look for it uh, during some YouTube time today. If I get it, I actually have a bunch of shit happening today. Oh, by the way, I came in third in the competition last night. I don't know how I feel about that yet. Out of how many people? Uh, seven. Well, as one of my uh, kids told me on my AAU program, you should feel horrible about it because you guys, doesn't matter what the... Um, like I was telling the kids that, you know, we lost, but they're a division one program. And he was like, so what? They're all the same age as us. They all tell the, you know, they all play ball just like us. It shouldn't matter what division they're in. We should have won. And I was like, I feel that strongly. So. Yeah. yeah. It's, that's, that's kind of where I'm at is uh, obviously um, like, I'm not happy about, cause it just play like my wife was like, Oh, but you placed, which means at least you, you kind of got some recognition. But in my head, I was like, yeah, but that just means I was just, like the second loser. Mm-hmm. Wait, Hype Williams' first video was an "I Got a Man" video by man. Positive K. Huh. I just, uh, I also I got a man. Say real quick, what? Um, I, I just want to say real quick. Uh, shout out to Leela Rashan and uh, other uh, black actresses who may have disappeared from people's minds. Uh, over time, but not from their hearts, because I will always have a, sp- a place in my heart for Teresa Randall. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I still find her to be captivating. I think she will play the perfect 
Michelle Obama. Was she? I still do. I still think she could pull that I feel off. like by the time they actually make... I feel like that light-skinned dude, I never know what his name is, but there's an actor who literally looks just like Barack Obama. Yeah. Um, and she would play a perfect Damn, Michelle. Um, the dude, the dude who plays Sorry, in that, um, the show with the, the dude with the from the Stop the Yard was that it? No, the I don't know, but there's the dude who plays in the show with the autistic doctor. Um, Damn, I don't know if we're talking about the same guy. The good doctor? No, I'm talking about the dude. Like, if you look at the cast from um Stomp the Yard, I think it was the dude that was the uncle. Hold on, let me let me see if I can find this dude. I feel like Hill, Hill Harper. Hill Harper? Hill Harper's too young. No, no, no. Again, no. by the time they no, get he's not, he's not young anymore. <laughs> he's not young anymore. He was I, born in 60. So his, his problem, like, yeah. is, did he play Obama already? Wow, Who did they get to play Obama and uh, Michelle and Barry? He did that in 66. He was born in 66. He's ageless. He's beautiful. No, y'all remember Michelle and Barry, the uh, movie that came out about their, like, how they met? No. Oh, on Showtime or something like that? Or yeah, Netflix, Netflix or... I think. Yeah. I'm trying to find it now because they had a dude play Obama who was not a bad choice. I, my biggest, so my biggest thing is like, you can't go too hard for looks because uh, I feel like um, I, the dude's impersonation has to be spot on. I feel like you have to go for impersonation first and look second. Uh, see um, Jamie Foxx's Ray Charles. Like, does not look a lick like Ray Charles, but that impersonation was so spot on that it was like, we, kind of forgot true you almost yeah, forgot so, Remember when so, I to the point where that, that impersonation that. landed him <laughs> landed him a legit uh, <laughs> uh hook on a kanye song his impersonation was so good he became a sample that's that's a true so what i want y'all to do but, but ray charles did his own singing for the movie though. what i want y'all to do for me real quick is go on google or or bing or whatever you may utilize and look up Hint, Harry Lennox. Harry Lennox could play oh, that, Obama. Yes, um, he played. He played in. Last thing I seen him in was the um, was the show. Fuck. Okay. That was I, a good was show. There. Fuck was a real good show. He was in the Blacklist. There we go. The Blacklist. Yes. Yes, he was the uh, chief on the Blacklist. Yes. He would play. He he would embody Obama. He was also he was also in um, Five Heartbeats, right? Yes, because whether he wants to or not, I feel like he's already got the voice. Like he could pull out the cadence of Obama. I just feel like he's oh. a really talented actor. It was South Side with you. So the dude they had play him was Parker Sawyer's. Doesn't look a lot like him, but he nailed. I feel like he kind of nailed the the like cadence and the kind of like energy of Obama. The the Michelle, despite being a very cute actress, uh, was not a good good look for her. I don't think like she nailed it. Like she wasn't really, she didn't feel like Michelle Obama. But the dude who played him, Parker Sawyer's, uh, in Southside with You, I feel like he kind of he kind of like knocked it out the park. And I'm not trying to shade the uh, the actress who played Michelle. I think she actually did a good job. Just, she just didn't feel like Michelle. Like I don't know enough about Michelle Obama. Also, that should also be mentioned. I forgot. I forgot. Harry Lennox played in the Matrix movies, the second two. Yep, he was that stick in the mud. Fucking, uh, I want everyone to come back here and put up a last stand. Bullshit, yep. motherfucker. 
Uh, and it's a shame, too, because he was right. They should have done that. They probably all would have survived. <laughs> no one listened to him. He was like, God damn it. If you had listened, we might have actually fucking survived this. Yeah, but you're black and this is the Matrix, so we're not really yeah. required. I mean, they were, the person who they were listening to was also black. <laughs> it was like, oh, you're black. This is the Matrix. We're going to listen to this other black guy. You can only listen to one black guy. His name is Morpheus. Right? Not you, Orpheus. <laughs> My name is Carl. Oh, oh. <laughs> I'm trying to remember what his name was in that film, and I am blank. Commander Locke. There we go. <laughs> Commander Locke. Which reminds me, Scar, speaking of Locke, that makes me think of Ender's Game, which makes me think of Mass Effect, bro. Oh, my God. Oh, cool. Yeah, I saw. <laughs> All right, I'm going to eat a donut. Y'all have at it. No, it wasn't that long. It was like, it's, it's, it's a four-minute ride, but it was so wonderful. I finally went on the Mass Effect ride at Great America. That sounds that sounds fantastic, actually. It was so great. Well, now, what kind of ride is it? Is it one of those four D rides where you're sitting there and they um they it's like a movies on the on the screen, like a action things happen on the screen, but because it's made by EA, it looks exactly like Mass Effect. Like Garrus was in it and Rex was in it. Word. And, um. Who else? Oh my God! They had the uh, Normandy. The Normandy was helping your ship to land to get through to the area it was trying to get to. It was just so wonderful, and you know, like the 4D was really done well. Like it was EA, and EA put a lot of money into it back when it first came out. It came out when, like before even this last match that came out, uh, the show had came out like right after three, I think. So okay. it's been there for a while. Um, but bro, I dang near I was I had the biggest smile on my face. It was just amazing. And the kids were looking at me like, why is dad acting like this? And I, I like, mean, I would probably be like that too. Like, holy shit, I'm in like Mass Effect. I'm in Mass Effect, dog. Like It was wonderful. It was the best ride that I rode on. And there were some other good rides, but that ride was that sounds amazing. I didn't even know that existed. I knew because I remember reading about it, but I we to get to Great America, we had to literally be at the camp that we were at and be like, hey, we're going to go to Great America because it's like an hour away. Otherwise, Great America is like three hours away from our house. Oh. So there was no reason to go there when this other amusement park is like right, like maybe an hour away. Yeah. Uh, for me, like that's part of the reason why there's there's one that's closer to me now, but I still go back to Bush Gardens, mm-hmm. um, Bush Gardens Williamsburg, because that's just you know the place to go. Um, but there's but Kings Dominion is closer to where I am now, and I've still never been. Kings Dominion just sounds like a place I wouldn't go. I just never would go back to the whatever amusement park they have in PG County. I think it was a Six Flags. I know they do have a Six Flags up there. And it was horrifying and dirty. <laughs> that sounds like a Six Flags. Because Donald Trump just said the same thing about Baltimore, but um, it was... <laughs> you were going to call it rodent infested? Right? It, it, I did see a rat <laughs> run across the ground out there at that Six Flags, bro. I will say this. Every time I see a rat in an amusement park, it is always way bigger than I expected, no matter how big I expect it. It's always a, the giantest motherfucking rat. And then I right? remember 
Remember the uh, dude um, from fucking uh, Charlotte's Web? The one scene he's like Templeton. at the park, Templeton, like singing about eating all the trash. Yeah. And I really think about that and I feel kind of happy. You sing about how the fair is a veritable smorgasbord. So, smorgasbord. <laughs> orgas- <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I think of. It's like, ah, look at him just having a smorgasbord. Actually, I, leave, I saw, gross. we saw a rat eating a piece of funnel cake <laughs> <laughs> just having a day right just, just like i work hard for this vacation <laughs> like, I have, have you guys been on the teacup ride yet it's phenomenal <laughs> <laughs> did y'all get the fast pass i got the fast pass <laughs> but it's just oh wait did y'all have the fast pass no you know what actually happened after we left um mass effect like this was one of those best day ever type events Mm-hmm. Like it was ice cubes today was a good day, but in the amusement park. First of all, we walked in, and I'm wearing my shirt that says I paused my game to be here. One of the security guards, uh, a black lady, was like, "Hey, that shirt is dope. I feel that." And I, I, I had forgotten I was wearing a shirt, so I looked at it and I laughed. And I, we were talking to her for a second when we were getting our our bag checked and everything. We walk in, mm-hmm. we go to the park. It's on a Wednesday, so the park is already empty. So we're able to ride rides. Like they got off one ride and got literally right back on it again. Oh, like, dope. Yeah, I've, I've had those days where it was like, well, no one's here. Do you want to just stay on? Like the part where, you, where you're where supposed to get on? There's like, okay, do you want to go again? Because anybody else roll, You run through. Yeah, mm-hmm. I do love that. It's like, hey, there's no one in line. We're just going to let you roll through. I and hope. so they did that. Now, there were a few rides that uh, were made back before I was, when I was skinnier, so I wasn't able to get on a few of them. The one that they rolled twice, I wasn't able to get on. Um, I'm not big. I'm just barrel-chested at this juncture. Um yeah. And so I wasn't able to get on it because the thing that goes over the top wasn't able to close. But the newer rides were just fine. So I was like, I'll go on the newer rides without any issue. I can't get on the leg dangling rides because of how tall I am. I uh, my, yeah, my legs actually will touch the ground. And there's one, I think there's the Batman where like you do this whole swoop. Or maybe it was a Superman. We do this whole like swoop close to the ground. And it's just enough where, like, if I had to, like, pull my – I had to pull my legs up because if I didn't, I was like, oh, shit. Like, <laughs> I might I might lose a shoe. <laughs> I mean, not your foot. Just, I, yeah, mean, just, I might lose a shoe. Like, yeah, I might lose a shoe. Uh, <laughs> yeah, fuck the rest of my leg. Uh, I really like these shoes. <laughs> hey, stay off that ride, man. I lost my foot on it. What's it called, the Kunta Kinta? Oh, shit. <laughs> it it would have been funnier if it had been the Roots ride. <laughs> oh, man, I went on the Roots ride, and, well, I, I tried to skip the line, and I lost a foot. No. Anyway. Um, Why do I have all these welts on my back after? Oh. <laughs> that ride really whipped me into shape. Um, <laughs> you know what? I felt so strongly about it, I let one tear go. <laughs> I know it's yeah. a different movie, but same uh, shit. After I did that ride, I asked for my money back, and they just laughed at me and told me that it was an experience. <laughs> ride was so great. I want reparations. Um, <laughs> You're never going to get your money back for that ride, ever. Congratulations. But, so we got they got off of that ride, and um, we literally got to ride every roller coaster that was in the park, except for one ride, their newest ride, and that new ride is called the Railblazer, and it's a single. Excuse me. It's a Railblazer. Yeah, that's what I thought you said. Is it like rails of coke? What are we doing? It's, like, it's a single train. Like it's Railblazer. It's one person per row. It's it's a single train ride. Okay. Like everybody's just you know in a line, single okay. train, 
and it is so fast and so smooth and it just like you have a 90 degree drop on the first drop and it's amazing and all that kind of stuff and the line was out the out the gates basically because oh, yeah the and because it's a single car like you got a picture this is like if six people line up those six people can get on the ride so it Whereas takes- most rides have like three rows or three lines Three yeah. in a row. This one have one person per row. That's what I'm trying to say. So only six people could ride at a time. And so it was a really slow, you know, experience yeah. to get there in the line. So we're like, we're not going to do that. <laughs> so we are walking around after we get off one ride, and um, we see the security guard, Monique, that we were talking to earlier. I was like, that's a nice shirt and everything. We were talking to her, and she was telling us about how Great America has the biggest uh, carousel in the world, like the tallest carousel in the world. And we're like, oh, that's dope. We didn't even know that, even though it said it on the wall. The tallest um, or the biggest? I feel like there's a difference. The tallest. Tallest, okay. Yeah, I had to really like, think about that, the tallest carousel okay. in the world. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, um, yeah. And so she's telling us, and we're like, oh, that's really cool. And she was like, so what rides uh, have y'all been on? We were like, we've been on everything except for the Railblazer because the line was really long. And she was like, yo, here and she gave us a front of the line pass for that ride and we were like thank you black woman right we were like we we were (laughs) handshake like yo (laughs) oh my god black women really are magic so she gave us that we uh went and we went to the front of the line and people were looking at us like where are these niggers and um it was it was amazing too. It was probably the smoothest because you know on a roller coaster, two things you're looking for is speed and smoothness. Like really, the loops That's and everything awesome. are great, but if your head is knocking around on every turn, I I don't know if smoothness is a big concern. Bro, if your head is just bobbling back and forth over and over again, and you so, feel like you're being jolted like, on every turn. When you turn my age, it's gonna start to hurt. I've yeah, well. I feel like the jerkiness, uh, yeah, I, I see what you mean. I feel like uh, certain sudden changes in motion are how, like, uh, roller coasters in tight spaces are able to, like, maintain. Oh, no, I'm not talking about, uh, like, sudden movement or anything. I'm talking you're about, like, like, just the, okay. the actual, like, how smoothly it aligns with the track is what you're saying. Yeah, like, the, okay, the okay. ride where the rides where you're, like, almost standing up or whatever. Okay, uh, I feel like- those sort of rides, and you hit a corner, and it just feels like your head is just bouncing between the two things that are holding your head straight. Oh, that's that's definitely the Dragon Fire. You know um, what I'm talking about? Oh my god, the Dragon Fire was the worst ride ever. Um, I, it was one that was at uh, Bush Gardens, and you god, are I literally Bush Gardens <laughs> because that's a, because that's the only place that I've been to. But like, it's so bad. Like, there's an actual like, there's an actual like. YouTube video about how bad this is. Like, is I mean, it was really bad, and you're right. basically j- your head is just bouncing side to side off of the. That sort of reminds me of Space story. Mountain, but Space Mountain was more. It wasn't so much it was it was jerky as it was just it was dark. So like, I don't know if you've been <coughs> to Space Mountain uh, in Florida and uh, Disney World in Florida, but like um, the entire um, experience happens like in the dark. So like you start off, you can see, and as the roller coaster goes up, like the lights cut out and then like everything's kind of glow in the dark. So I have no clue. Like you don't know what's coming next. Like you can kind of see the train like glowing in the dark ahead of you if you're like really looking for it, but like you really don't know 
anything was happening. And so like, that is a very jerky ride just because you're like, huh? What? Oh God. Like what are we upside down now? What's happening? Uh, it's, it's just real weird, but I don't know. I, I don't think I've ever been on what I consider truly jerky ride. Though to be fair, like a lot of my early roller coaster riding uh, just involved me hanging on very tightly to whatever bar there was, uh, because a lot of times uh, those didn't close properly around me. Or, oh yeah, those are horrifying. <laughs> yeah, like I was on the screen machine, uh, which is just up and downs, right? Like you're just going on hills, and the little lap bar wouldn't go over my knees because I have long legs, and I was like, uh, "Excuse me, sir, assistant," and then they just started the train. And so all I had was just like, I was trying to lock it in place and it wouldn't lock. And so it was just kind of open. So I'm on the screen mach- machine going up and down. If it had been loops, I would have jumped the fuck out and just took my chances. But it was a screen machine. So I just like hung on to the fucking bar and I shit you not. I was like lifting out of the seat on a lot of the hills. And I was like, if I let go, I'm going to fucking die. It was uh, terrifying for me. So great, great uh, roller coaster, 10 out of 10. But it, it's... I don't know. I feel like I've never had a truly jerky experience. I think Space Mountain may have been the worst. Maybe. I, I thought other people would have been on Space Mountain when I started this story, and then I realized uh, a couple sentences in that no one had. I've been on Space Mountain. I'm oh. sorry. I wasn't listening. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've been on it a few times. I've been on it a lot, and um, I loved it. Darkness but, is what gets me. But it's, it's, it's a smooth darkness for the most part. Except, yeah. Except, first of all, that ride is old as shit. Yeah, it is. Like once you get past the fact that ride is old as hell, you're gonna bounce all over the place because of the fact that they didn't care about that sort of stuff when those rides were first made. Um, yeah. The second thing is, oh, that's like Crazy Train or the yeah. Runaway Train. That one is also fucking jerky as fuck. Mm-hmm. Actually, yeah, I have it on any Disney rides, any any Disney roller coasters. <laughs> I feel like Disney's just not good at roller coasters. Like I feel like Disneyland. If you if you really want to be honest about Disneyland, I feel like Disneyland is a whole bunch of little kid rides that we go to because of the mystique of Epcot. Yeah. Epcot Center is dope, uh, only just for the fact that it's this giant, massive production uh, and alcohol. Like, animatronics there's no uh no no no, not in the epcot i'm talking about the actual ride that goes into the giant dome that big ass dome that they have uh it's just kind of dope because of all the animatronics and work that went into it and it's just like you're just sitting there uh the epcot center itself is i think the only place in disneyland that serves alcohol correct Mm -hmm. i think that's only like it's it may be the only place or like one of the only places that serves alcohol um the it's a small world after all i would totally go see that again that one's actually pretty dope i think that might actually be inside the epcot dome as well uh and then the pirates of the caribbean i've seen that it's whatever <laughs> um yeah it the teacup ride would be the only thing that i thought was probably the best disney experience uh as an adult and as a child fuck the teacups fuck teacups anywhere because i get dizzy so rides bad, are dope. I, get, I get but i get dizzy so bad that i get vertigo Oh, okay. Well, then no, it's no, not I good. always feel like I'm going to vomit. Yeah, like I, if I get dizzy, it doesn't stop for like the rest of the day. Well, the key though for the teacup rides is that you can actually control how much you spend because it has a little thing inside. The nah, because the nigga, but you're typically with, don't with know people. How to stop. Yeah, you're typically with people, and <laughs> they are part of the control of how much it spends. Every and time I've been with problem. someone, every time I've been, well, when I was a kid, I was just like, yeah. 
because you're a kid, you don't care. Right. But as an adult, the time I got in the teacup ride, I was like, no, we are not yeah. doing that. Yeah. And I just held the wheel. I was like, no. That's because yeah, I'm an adult. Yeah, everybody is like, yeah, let's make his band. And you're like, mm-hmm. no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true, true, true. If you're no. not into the like literally it's one of my favorite rides a hundred percent my favorite ride at disneyland and disney world well space mountain but to your point like i think you're you're onto something like all the roller coasters from i feel like the 80s and back that are still existed they did not give a fuck about your neck (laughs) and like even the log rides were like jerky as fuck where they had that long ass drop where you pretty much slammed into the front of a fucking uh log on we were on the grizzly which is the oldest uh roller coaster at great america and it's one of the oldest roller coasters in california that's not like a tag that that makes me want to ride it It, it's all wood right it's it's, yeah it's a wooden roller coaster see i I don't nigga if when i tell you jay you wouldn't be able to ride it anyway because there's this point where you go around the corner and you know they have like little uh, sculptures or designs that you ride through while you're going around this roller coaster. Otherwise, you're just going on a roller coaster. So they have like little crevices and stuff that you go between while you're going around corners and everything. When I say I had to duck, oh, I had to duck in order to not hit my head on the top of this thing. Oh, yeah. no, no good. <laughs> they, what? They what do you a... mean? There's people who were six foot one. <laughs> Get out of here! Right. And here we have the L.A. Lakers basketball team. <laughs> oh, we're closed. Lining up to ride. We are closed. Like. The Grizzly. And the Grizzly is shut down forever after decapitating <laughs> 12 of the L.A. Lakers players. One. one <laughs> Only one survives. Jeremy Lin got off the ride saying, we should have just done karaoke. <laughs> we should have done work, karaoke. karaoke. Yeah, but. I mean, like, there's always supposed to say, let's go to the music park. Building exercise. And then there's a, exactly. We it was just the team building exercise. Karaoke. And now we don't have a team left. I'm the center now. <laughs> Look at me. <laughs> I'm the point guard. I'm the shooting guard. I'm the captain so now. Hard. I'm the coach. <laughs> Look at me. I'm the captain now. <laughs> so, fellas. A New Mexico woman is facing charges after police said she ordered food from a Sonic and told a server, this one's on God, before fleeing. (laughs) (laughs) She she went up there on a bike in the first place. Oh, my God. She (laughs) on a bike? Yes. Okay. So she fled the scene. And they found her in a nearby park. On a bike. Well, of course they did, because, like, she's on a bike. Like, you can find them in anything nearby, because they can only get so far on a bike. Like, it's such an impractical getaway vehicle. I like that this one's on God. That is... Right? Ah. Uh, <laughs> if she had done that at Chick-fil-A, that would have been... Wow. would have been like, you know what? Okay. <laughs> oh, man. <sighs> I just did the... Uh... <laughs> Was the car hop, or I guess in this case, the bicycle hop on skates when she tried to get away? Did she, like, try to run her down on skates? Because, like, you very much could, I feel like, catch a bike on skates. I feel like I wouldn't want to. I feel like I could, though. Yeah. I wouldn't want to. You're correct. Because I mean, then you have to stop. Well, I mean, then you have to, like, okay. I then it becomes crack the whip, like you're holding onto the seat. <laughs> well, yeah, 
yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, like I catch up to them, I grab them. Then what? Like, do, then we have to just like we have to take a tumble, right? There's not a way for me to stop you on a bike and me on skates where we don't both end up eating it. Mm-hmm. And you're correct for what I assume is like can't be more than ten dollars worth of food. There's no uh, way she hit him up at Sonic for more Sonic. than ten dollars. Okay. Eleven fifty five. No, bruh, at last time I went to Sonic, that shit was seventeen dollars. Like, well, I live in Seattle. All the fast food is expensive here. I was yeah. alone. You were alone? Yes. What did you get? Uh, all right. So what had happened was Okay, so you bought seventeen dollars worth of food is what you tell if you bought two not- people's worth of food. <laughs> it was seventeen dollars, and that is That's accurate. I had not been, I had not been, I had not been there in quite some time. Okay, but so I couldn't decide on what I wanted. Clearly. So I decided to get everything I could possibly want. So I got a, you know, I got a, I got a hamburger combo. I got a, I got an extra long coney, and I, and I always, no matter what, because they serve breakfast all day, I always get a bacon, egg, and cheese toaster, no matter when I go to. Uh, when I go to Sonic, so I always get a bacon and cheese. You got enough food for three people, and you pay seventeen dollars. And you're like, I, well, they're expensive. I thought you were going <laughs> to say something like, "I bought one of their milkshakes, which cost like seven dollars." Right. The milk. If you had gotten like uh, a combo with a milkshake and uh, subbed out the fries or the tater tots for like oh, chili cheese fries and tater tots, that would have put, put you at like maybe about ten to eleven dollars. Because I've done that before when I went to Sonic and uh, add a patty to the hamburger, add like uh, bacon to whatever they have. They don't already have it. That'll drop a little bit more to it. They had bacon on it. Yeah. So like, I mean, like, I feel like like, you can push it to 17 by yourself by just like customizing your order, but you just ordered like basically three meals and you were like, all right, it was expensive. I only ordered one meal. An extra low Coney is a lot of hot dog. Uh, like I, I've eaten. What well, if it's the chili cheese one? I can eat that by myself, by itself, and that just be full. Um, the hamburger combo by itself, I've gotten that and been tight. Uh, what was the other thing you ordered? Bacon egg and cheese sister. I I feel you on that. I do that too. Like if you serve breakfast all day, I'm here for some breakfast. Like yeah, like if y'all ever go to Jack in the Box and get a chance to have their uh, extreme sausage sandwich on a croissant. I don't fuck they with don't, Jack. No, Jack in the Box is expensive. Here. Jack, yeah, I don't fuck with them. They're expensive here. Wait, like, wait, Twitch wait. Is- no, bro. What you do is look, bro, and you should know this as a as a as a proponent of the of the of the chronic, the munchie meal. Mm, no. It, again, the they're too meal? expensive. They are way too expensive. The here. munchie meal is six dollars. That's for what I get, that's not you get a bacon or you get a sausage, double sausage, egg and cheese sandwich, two tacos. Curly fries, regular fries, a drink, and something else. So they don't have a munchie meal here. Why not? Because it's, <laughs> it's Seattle. That uh, is so sad. What I'm trying to what I'm trying to tell yeah, you in the one that, place you should have it, right? Well, no, because every I'm trying to tell the cost of living here is very high. Like it is the Jack in the Box here. Like, I went. I remember one time uh, after a show, uh, I wanted just something like quick. So I stopped at a Jack in the Box and I just grabbed a burger. I was with my wife when I did this. Uh, I ordered just the burgers. All I, Aww, I feel like I got to do that to you still. 
that's cool. Uh, well, she was my girlfriend when I, I did this, but like I ordered just a burger and the total was like $6.49. I rolled around. I got the burger. It was the size of a cheeseburger. I was so upset that I literally like remember looking my wife in the eyes and being like, I will never eat a Jack in the Box again. And that was the last time I went to Jack in the Box. I am so sorry, bro. Like it's well, just, maybe that's it's hella expensive, man. Maybe that's because that was the last time you went. You should check it out again because the Munchie Mill, as far as I know, is up and down the coast. And it's pretty spectacular, bro. I mean, I, I'll go look, but like honestly, I don't trust it. I, I don't Well, if it's not there, you can always leave. It's not gonna be like you're here, nigga, buy some buy or die. <laughs> yeah, but fuck Jack in the Box, man. <laughs> it's like man. I'm just kinda I'm just kinda on that stance. Look. It's, it's, it's on my list of restaurants. I just feel like I don't want to fuck with it anymore. I'm just saying. like they're I don't, I don't fuck with Chick-fil-A. I don't fuck with Jack. Well, Black. yeah, Chick-fil-A. Fuck them forever. Especially, I after, go check I out that to, meal. especially after I went to Sam's Club and I got their Southern chicken nuggets. Yeah. And I found out they're exactly, exactly, exactly like, like Chick-fil-A's Chick-fil-A's. chicken nuggets. If you drop them in some uh, hot grease, you basically will have Chick-fil-A's. It even tastes like they, have, they brined it in pickle juice. Mm-hmm. It tastes just like them. <clears throat> really? And, and yeah, the Chick-fil-A's chicken nuggets, uh, it's just, so if you, there's a seasoning, it's called Nature's Own, uh, Nature's Own Seasoning. If you grab it uh, and use that to season your chicken, it will come out tasting a lot like both Chick-fil-A and also uh, if you add it to the batter, it'll taste a hell of a lot like the original recipe for uh, KFC. Because it's, it's basically just that's what it is. It's it's not a secret blend of spices and herbs. It's just a blend of spices and herbs that people use to season chicken. And like I said, in all honesty, all honesty, go to Sam's Club, go to their freezer section. Yeah, Actually, if you want to try it out before you buy it, they sell them in there. Here's the best thing about Costco and Sam's Club. Other oh, yeah. examples, the little restaurant they have up front, they sell them up in the restaurant up front for like a buck. And Costco's restaurant, uh, just a little FYI, does not require you to have a, me- a membership anymore. If you oh, just they run that. in, walk in, and get a giant ass hot dog in your mouth, that's right. Take that double entendre. Which uh, never for, made sense to me why they did because you need to have the you need to have the card in order to pay for the your your groceries anyway. So why not just let people in? Yeah, that's what. And so they basically just let you in and to eat lunch. And so like, uh, it's a lunch spot where like, I if you go to Costco oh, at yeah. lunchtime, it's just people sitting around. Hey, bro, the one out here, like one of the ones near where I work at, uh-huh. it's the the restaurant isn't even inside. It's a oh, stand. Yeah, it's, it's outside. Like a separate yeah, thing outside where people can just walk up to it. It's a, and they that fucking chicken bake. Ah, oh I, my god, the Caesar the the Caesar salad chicken bake or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm lactose intolerant now, so I can't fuck with it anymore. But when I wasn't, oh man, I used to. And it's like it's like five bucks, and uh, it's so big, you're gonna eat about half of it. It's like the size of your forearm. Those, yeah, those it's like a foot long sub of chicken bake. I remember those those slices of pizza used to be fucking huge. Oh, they're still oh, huge, uh, still huge, still massively doughy, um, and still delicious. It's good. Mm-hmm. The hot dogs, like I roll in for the hot dogs because they come in. They are fucking dope. Um, they're like really really good hot dogs and they're giant and it's like two like i think you get like that and a coke for like three dollars and if people ask how can they do this are they crazy no nigga they just take the hot dogs off the the shelves in their own Mm -hmm. store it's the hot dogs they already produce right (laughs) just bring them to the front (laughs) and 
uh, funny story, Coke is not expensive in a fountain. That's why fountain nope. drinks are not, should never be expensive. You should and never they get- recognize that, which is why for a buck fifty, you can get a hot dog <laughs> and a soda at Costco. Yeah. It's, it's still a buck fifty? It's a buck fifty. They don't care. It's I haven't two ninety nine here. It has gone the, up in Seattle. The the pizza one is like two fifty here. Yeah, it's so that's, that's a three ninety nine here. Awesome school is like right across the street from a new Costco. So when I pick him up from school, if he hasn't eaten lunch or if he eats an early lunch, we would go over to that Costco and he'd get a hot dog and a soda. Real talk. Yeah, I was uh, right by a Costco yesterday. I was um I I went to pick Pooh Bear up. Um, and I met them halfway, but it was a Costco right there, and I didn't know this. I thought y'all I should have had lunch. <laughs> y'all should have had lunch and delicious, right? Uh, real talk. Um, my school lunch when I was in school was a dollar fifty, and if you're telling me he could have school lunch or at Costco for the same price, what are we doing with school lunch? Exactly. <laughs> like I'm not saying we should source it out to companies, but we should ask some questions of the companies about how they do this and maybe replicate some things because. So I will say this, my school lunch was, uh, like, at times, it was really dope. Like, we've had the conversation about, like, school lunches and what we had and what we liked. At times, it was super dope, but there were times when I was like, what are we doing right now? What, like, what is this? Why would you even give this to us and, and then charge us for it? Speaking of what are we doing, a North Carolina woman says she is not sorry for using the end yeah, of conversation with two restaurant customers that went viral. Quote, I would say it again, Nancy Goodman told the news. Goodman, a 71-year-old white woman, I just want to remind y'all that anybody under 65 is racist, uh, claims her tremendous anxiety propelled her actions towards the other patrons, Shonda Stewart and Lakeisha Shaw, at a Bonefish Grill in Raleigh. The two women said Goodman called them rude and said they were being loud. Stewart, annoyed by the remarks, began recording Goodman on her cell phone while recounting the situation. She later posted a video on her Facebook page. Uh, we're paying for our food just like anyone else. And she told us we're the rudest people, Stewart said in the video. Goodman is seen smiling and waving to the camera. She then pulls out her own phone and makes her way towards the woman again. I have really good friends who are black, and I love them, Goodman says. We never said anything about color, Stewart responds. Goodman then repeats on her original complaint. You're too loud. Well, let me show you my money because it's just as green as yours, Shaw says. You're so stupid, nigger, Goodman yep. says. As she walks away, the women ask if Goodman used the same slur when talking to her black friends. And she responded by saying, they're not like you. <sighs> and blamed anxiety. Oh, no. She, she in the, uh, the clarification interview she did, because she did do one, she said, uh, she tried to say her anxiety, but she was very clear. She was like, they were rude to me, and I would do it again. I would do it again. So uh, in her mind, calling someone nigger is acceptable if they are, quote unquote, being a nigger. Yeah. So here's, here's my issue. Uh, when people are like, oh, you're racist. She was like, no, I'm not. And the answer to that is, yeah, yeah, you are. You are racist because you're throwing racist slurs around without any regard to how people's feelings would be involved in that. And you justify it and say like, well, they weren't really respectful of my feelings but you were in a restaurant and they were having a conversation i don't think that you were the only person who said they were too loud you didn't the establishment didn't try to kick them out you're the only person who had a problem with them and then decided to call them niggers and ruin their day 
So you're the only person with the problem. You're the only person who got racial about it. And yet you're not the racist. And you're saying that you would do it again. So yes, she is racist. She's extremely racist. And fuck her forever. So I had a refresher course a couple days ago while we were on vacation. I had a refresher course of racism uh, in the South. Mm. Uh, I read two books that completely just remind me of how things are in the South. And one of them was um, uh, Sweetness, the Walter Payton story. Mm -hmm. Uh, The other one was Friday Night Lights. Uh, And Friday Night Lights was a story that was, I mean, I know it was a TV show that everybody loved and everything, but before that, it was a story chronicling a high school football team in a place called Permian or Odessa, Texas. Um, Yeah. They have a running back or had a running back there named Booby Miles. They made a movie about it, too. Um, When Booby was able to run and everything, he was you know, one of the best players they had ever saw. But then as soon as he got injured, he was just another big old dumb nigger. And that was actually a quote by a lot of the coaches on the staff. And then they talked about how prevalent the word nigger was in Texas or in Odessa, Texas, and how the white folks did not see a problem with using the word nigger because that just was who they were. who the black folks were, they were niggers. There were lazy niggers and there were shiftless niggers and there were hardworking niggers, but no matter what, they were niggers. They, they would call the women in the town, the nigger woman. Like when a person in court was asked who you gave the paperwork to, he pointed off and said, I gave it to the nigger lady. He didn't even have another description for her. So I forgot that that's what, part of the country that I've never been in and would never go to still experience because this was in 1988. Yeah, it still exists. I think it's also, it should be noted, like the thing that kind of makes this truly despicable is like this lady in her eyes feels because someone was doing something she didn't like that she could equate them as being less than human. Yep, And that's the, the thing that every white person either refuses to believe or misses uh, when they decide they want to drop the N-word is that it is directly related to a time when we were thought of by white people as being less than human. And if you want to make the argument of black people calling themselves nigger or saying nigger like in songs, it doesn't really correlate uh, because at no point have black people ever collectively and as a whole looked upon themselves as being less than human. Even when we were slaves, we knew that shit was fucked up. We knew it was wrong. Uh, We wanted freedom. Once we gained freedom and we didn't have equal rights, we knew that shit was fucked up. And we tried to live our lives, but white people continued to like burn and rape and pillage. And so we we fought for rights. And even today, we realize this shit is wrong. We know this shit is fucked up. So there's never a point where as a collective, black people have ever thought of ourselves as not being human. So the word nigger has a different context for us and it always will, using it amongst ourselves. But white people will never understand that because uh, they don't understand context, I assume, or just because they refuse to. And ultimately, my issue with them will always be, you know that uh, an entire race of people have requested that you stop using this word and you just refuse to. Mm-hmm. So. Like, even if it's, you don't understand all of the legitimate, like, nuance and subtleties around it, at the end of the day, an entire race of people who are just as equal citizens in this country as you are, have very politely requested. I think we've been extremely polite about it, politer than we should have been. 
that you not use this word because it reminds us of uh, the very real past where your ancestors and your family members, and in some cases, even you, supported a system that treated us as if we were less than human and benefited from the blood, sweat, and tears of all of us. So could you please just chill with calling us nigger and you motherfuckers can't even do that. It's the same shit where fucking Emmett Till has a memorial sign and has to be made bulletproof now because motherfuckers won't stop goddamn shooting it mm. or pulling That's it up. Stupid. It's stupid. It, like the, the thing is like, it's not even like it's a situation where Emmett Till actually did something to harm someone and you so know, that's what you're that's what you're missing. Like everyone who's like, oh, this doesn't even give them shot or it's stupid, it's dumb. Here's what you're missing. For the entirety of this country, white people have been taking anything that has been giving honor to a black person or giving any type of recognition to a black person and tearing it down. They burned down Black Wall Street. They literally have lynched and murdered and killed everybody who has gained any level of notoriety that was black that were black. They literally have hunted down and killed us and oppressed us from the beginning. This is just more oppression. I, I have a coworker that I have a coworker that was like seriously upset that they decided to rename one of the streets in Richmond after Arthur Ashe. She's also a supporter of not uh, not taking down Confederate monuments. And so that's what I'm saying. Like it's it's literally they want to hold on to the past where. Uh, they were evil and prosperous and do not want to hear the fact that, and it's just like, if you say, well, America's not great, they lose their shit because for them being evil and prosperous was great. And they still benefit from it. Their family has land that's been in their family for generations and maybe they sold it and were able to flip that and liquidate their assets and be able to move on and become better people. A lot of people that had that opportunity, but most people of color in this country did not. And it was because they would not afford it to us. But we're supposed to be like, oh, this, this country's great, right? We're supposed to fucking love this country, right? But it's the one that still guns us down the streets to this day. But we should fucking be in love with it and defend it to fucking who? And for fucking what? what? Ricky Waters. The entire thing is fucked up, honestly. It, it's... Anyway, this lady, uh, still for real, fuck her forever because she honestly believes. And, and I, 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 in my mind, uh, just hope that she drops that, that M-bomb in front of the wrong person because somebody will slap the taste out of her mouth. And I'm looking forward to that. I don't know who's going to get put in jail because this lady, but someone's going to get put in jail because this lady. And I, I hope she gets, uh, I don't want to see anyone literally get hurt, but this lady kind of, you know, should get what she deserves. So if she wants to earn that that punch, I think she can keep on dropping in. The, the biggest the biggest problem that I had uh, when trying to discuss this in a room full of white people is at the same time this story came out, the other story about that baby who died came out, and it just kind of fucked everything up. This this what, lady was holding, this, this lady was holding a baby. Oh, and dropped and the baby got into fight. a fight. I, yeah, yeah. Had started a fight with a baby in her hands. Dropped the baby, and the baby died. <sighs> fuck her sad. too. That's fuck. Fuck her too. Yeah. No. It's, no. It's, no. It's, no. Fuck it's, her too. That's that's it's a horrible parent. Like, but like, like, 
Okay, what was the fight about? I'm curious. Doesn't matter. Not like it makes it better. I just want to know. I know it doesn't. I know it doesn't matter. I know. I don't know exactly what the fight was about. And then my other question, though, I'm I'm reticent to ask this, but I I do want to know. Like, God, was this lady black or white? Of course, they were black. Fuck. That's that's what I'm saying. Well, these two stories came out at the same time, and it's just like, yeah, well, you could feel some way about this lady calling calling people niggas and didn't deserve it. Then you have like actual niggas like doing nigga shit. Well, first of all, I don't feel like that's some nigga shit. I don't give a fuck. In the concept of niggas being uh, less than human, sure, but I feel like. That's dancing a line that, like, I don't want to walk on. I think, like, in this case, this is something that that shows that <clears throat> what we think of as being the human ideal of empathy, uh, or at the very least, a mother's empathy for her child, this woman did not exhibit. And, and there's something that may or may not be wrong with her. Like, there are mental disorders that would cause this type of behavior that, like, no one wants to think of first. And there's who knows, as a black woman, uh, whether or not she got uh, if she was going through postpartum depression, if she went went underwent some type of mental dis- or was going through some type of mental aberrational behavior that was causing this, and, and why is it just because she's black that we automatically attribute it to her that that behavior to that? What did what like why can it not be the fact that she may have also been impoverished, more than likely to be impoverished, uh, more than likely to have been abandoned, uh, more than likely to have had uh, negative experiences both through uh, her family and in her neighborhood and with the police and with uh, men that were in her life. Like, why is it that we never look at like all the circumstances that could be attributed? We just immediately say, well, that's some nigga shit. Like, is it just because we're all ingrained to think that that's what black people do? Cause it's not. No, I think that's what niggas do. But see like again, like that, that connotation Ultimately, when we say niggas, we mean a black person. Because if this was a white woman, you wouldn't say this is some nigga shit. And if you did, it would be in a, a tongue-in-cheek, like, sarcasm. So this is a black person doing something, and we're qualifying as something that only a person who is black we would qualify this way. Why is that a qualification that even exists in your vocabulary? You wouldn't qualify that as nigga shit if this was a white person. And we both know you wouldn't. So obviously this is only something for black people. Why the fuck does that even exist? If they were white, I would have associated with trailer trash, which is basically the... It's not, because nigga shit is tied back to fucking slavery and history. Trailer trash, the worst thing ever happened to them was tornadoes. Good one. Yeah, I know. I'm making a point, and I'm still going to be funny occasionally, but the point here that I'm making, though, for real, for real, is that... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, was, I was like you said it and i went damn that was good yeah i know i know <laughs> <laughs> but but like that's what i'm saying like it's 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 for real baked into us where like it's a little tiny insidious thing when you really think about it qualifying this as nigga shit is just putting it as this is some shit that only black people would do and that's fucked up because for real White people do this shit all the time. Casey Anthony is a great example of a person, a mother who did not have a fucking care for her child. We never labeled that as some white person shit. 
Like it's never been like, oh, look at those white people doing that white shit again. And we may say that again uh, uh, and again and again, but overall in the zeitgeist of this country, it's never hit that label. And it really should because 95% of all violent crimes are done by white men. How come we don't call that some white men shit? Because they've run all the establishments and they're all the authority and they have all the power. Is that why we don't call it that? Because if that's the only reason, that's some bullshit for real. That just means that we can be silenced, I mean, and we know we can be silenced. A lot of things that we that you re, you read the headline and you go, "That's some white people shit right there." But I'm saying overall, in the black culture we have that. Why is that not part of the overall right. zeitgeist of America? And again, we can't even have the excuse as well because it's only a black culture because the majority of American culture is our culture. We really are tastemakers. Accurate. So the only reason for that not to exist is either it is being actively fought against by white people in power, which sure, I'll buy that, or we know white people are in power and the majority of us don't want to say these things because we're worried about the white people in power and we're worried about the pushback and the fight back. And we're worried about that, which means that we know we can be silenced. It's either one or the other. I understand. Sorry, that got weirdly ranty. Yes, it did. But I understand. Anyway, no, I'm just saying, like, it's that's my issue with calling this like nigger shit. And that, that will always be my issue with that is because it, it never truly applies to a white person. This is never us applying legitimately uh, stereotypical behaviors to, like, in the realm of whiteness. It's always tying stereotypical behaviors to people of color. It's never truly tying stereotypes to white people, other than, well, mainly because they are the quote unquote norm. And they get to other white people that act outside of what they consider the norm. And I think that's super fucked up. I still need to make a band and name them Blacks and People of Color. I kind of want Blacks to be the lead singer. Yeah. And the the People of Color is the band behind them. Yeah. My name is Blacks and here are the People of Color. Yep. They come out. On drums. And okay, now he's gonna get he's gonna get hella uh hella racist. Let me stop. <laughs> it's a choir. It's gonna get, yeah, it's a choir. <laughs> yeah, better. <laughs> uh. So um yeah, we've been recording for a long time. Last thing I can say is this uh the church. Um for all y'all who are Christians, haha. Um I have pinpointed the issue of the church and the issue with the church is this in this day and age with Trump and all the stuff that's going on in the United States and all the decisive racism and all of the divisive racism and all of the, just everything that's going on. When the church has a chance to talk about that kind of stuff, what they say is if the church does what the church is supposed to, then everything will be all right in the world. They base it back to that. If the church does what the church is supposed to, everything is going to be all right in the world. But as soon as they mention LGBTQIA rights, then the shit hits the fan. And they just want to talk for like hours and pontificate about how big of a sin uh, homosexuality is or being gay is, even though uh, it's been noted that God said all sins are the same. 
but they always want to say that the big one, all sins are the same, but some sins are bigger than others. But the big one is always being gay or lesbian or trans or anything like that. And so we were at a Christian camp this past week and I called every pastor out on that stance. Like, why do you feel that way? And one guy literally turned around and told me, I don't. I'm just catering to an audience. So booyah, there you have it, Christians. Your pastors don't believe what they're saying and they just want to make the old folks feel good before they die. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, I don't know, this might be a little bit of a weird counterpoint. I'm not even counterpoint, just an interesting observation I had noticed about uh, Christianity. Um, Christianity oddly works best when all of its members are down for misogyny, women included. Mm-hmm. And that's that should bother you. Like, you should ask questions about that. Like, it, it it's runs at its, at its peak efficiency when everyone has bought into misogyny. Yep, when it's okay that there's no women who are preachers and women don't get to speak. No one questions. No one Correct. questions it. That's when everything flows perfectly. That's when they're able to get away with homophobia and racism because nobody ever really wants to talk about that because let's talk about how women, The one of the pastors who was there, they have guest pastors uh, come up every week. And one of the pastors who was there, I kid you not, spent his entire time talking about how uh, men and women and, and just steeping everything in misogyny. And, and, and um, mm-hmm. the, when I left my kids along with my, with their mother, they became completely different people. And when they were with me, they became tougher and stronger. And when they were with her, they were more nurturing and in need of hugs and kisses and, all that just just garbage, and Which, especially for a pastor. They were her. They were nicer and and human beings, and understood how to display affection and emotion. With me, I shut that shit out. I was like, "Stop that! Stop being fucking nice." I and, demanded that they helped me make America great again, and I am a man of God. Like mm-hmm. what? <laughs> like one of the things that supposedly made Jesus so awesome was that like little kids ran up to him and his, his followers like get the fuck out of here. Dude's like, no, nah, nigga, these kids are way more important than you are. Yeah. And he hugged them and kissed them and showed affection to them. Uh, and I like how this dude who supposedly uh, knows the Bible and is like in front of people telling people about the Bible, uh, missed all of that. Uh, missed literally all of the, the, the point of that. That's super mm-hmm. dope. I don't even really believe in this shit. And I'm like side eyeing you like, come on, bro. I with a, a cursory knowledge of the Bible, I'm like, mm. <laughs> bro. When I say that I spent the majority of time at this church camp in my room just reading books and relaxing because oh, I, I didn't want to hear anything that either one of the pastors wanted to say, and then I realized that I paid good money to come out here and avoid these two because they were getting on my nerves so badly. I feel like I would have just sat down, written out some talking points. Like, oh no, like I said, we talked. Yeah, no, I would have done it in front of everyone because I I need I need the attention. But I'm not gonna do that. No, because look, the first day that we got there, an old white man came up to us uh wearing a build the wall hat. Wait, there were white people there? 
this was a Christian camp, yeah, up in the Santa Cruz Mountains. So it was majority white people. That's what I'm oh, saying. They didn't want to talk about racism because it would have made oh. the white folks uncomfortable. I bet you, I bet you a million billion bucks. If it wasn't all white people there, or if it wasn't majority white folks, the conversation would have been much different in regards to what they wanted to talk about. And racism would have been mentioned and all that kind of stuff, but they were catering to their audience. Okay, you know, I, I someone put a. I was in traffic yesterday because 95 is terrible. Um, <laughs> shout out to 95. It is. Shout out. <laughs> um, I was I was on the way back and I was stuck in traffic. And so, you know, sometimes I use Waze. So sometimes I'll scroll ahead and see if there's an accident or something like that. And there's some, uh-huh. you can put these little chat bubbles on. And I accidentally clicked on a chat bubble, just trying to figure out what the fuck's going on while there's traffic. And mm-hmm. someone said, why are y'all ruining everyone's Saturday? There's, there's no reason why there should be traffic. Trump should build a wall around Virginia. I'm like, fuck. Mm. Oof. Yeah. And like, I feel like, like I was in traffic the other day and cause uh, fuck the 405. Um, mm-hmm. since we're shouting out, mm-hmm. <laughs> since we're shouting out goddamn highways we hate, um, I was in traffic the day and, and like, and it's rare to see this. There was a dude who had a fucking, it was a Trump supporter who had like Trump stickers on the back of his car. It was like, I'm going to build the wall. And like, uh, I like the taste of liberal tears, you know, all that conservative bullshit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The and like the, the entire time, like I'm looking at this dude, like, of course there's a white dude, um. Like, I can't help but, like, think in my head, like, yo, I, this dude is just, like, identifying as racist. And mm-hmm. I, I think I'm here for this now. Like, this is just the new, like, you're racist. And I feel like the people, uh, there was, I love white people uh, who don't think they're racist, but are very racist. Um, <laughs> I I love that white people are fighting so hard to try to, like, not get labeled as racist. Um, but I feel like there's a turn coming where and it, it's, it's on its way because like we, we're starting to label shit as racist and we're getting to that point that old white lady uh, is the where white people, I think, are headed where it's like, yeah, I'm racist. So fuck. So the fuck what? I feel like that's where we're headed. Mm-hmm. And that shit is not dope. Uh, it, it's it what it's what I think keeps me up at night more than anything else, because like. When they hit so the fuck what stage, like there's nothing left, right? We just fucking it's just hands at that point in time. You're right, but that's that's just genocide for us. You realize that, right? Like we're thirteen percent, and maybe if we we team up with Hispanics, maybe we win this. But even then, Hispanics ain't really fucking with us. Uh, they they don't give a fuck. Like honestly, uh, and they shouldn't because we're dicks to them too. Um, I see a, t- a lot of black people run around talking about what they do in my country, and I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> my like, chill. Like you understand that like you're just holding supporting white supremacy right now, right? Like I don't, but like I can understand them not fucking with us. Uh, not to mention they have to deal with white supremacy on their own levels as well. You know, Asians aren't fucking with us. <laughs> I'm saying like when we hit the point of yeah i'm racist so the fuck what what do we do like i mean is it blaze of glory time is it like call to wakanda like i'm like i'm curious about the roadmap for that honestly at that juncture there's so many folks who have told me straight out i would rather know that you're racist 
I'd, I'd respect you more if I knew you were racist because at least then I know where you stand. But if you knew that everybody stood in that same place, I don't know what you would do. I think that people would literally be right. like, I can't let my kids go outside anymore because y'all have admitted that you're racist. That's why I'm like, I don't know if I would want to know that my next door neighbor is racist. Like I would, if I found out, I'd be like, all right, cool. Now I know I can't fuck with you. But honestly, in this day and age, I don't fuck with my neighbors anyway. Yeah, you couldn't live in the South. Like you would, you would just be one day sitting outside enjoying a barbecue and look over and see a giant ass Confederate flag flying in your race, like in your neighbor's backyard. And you basically just have to be like, all right, cool, 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 cool. State's right, right? Okay, whatever. Uh, let me just flip my steak real quick. And that's pretty much all you really can do is because like, like that's that's a hundred percent. And like you went over and tried to have a conversation with them, uh, they would dance all around the racism part. They'd be like, "Trust me, it's always going to be about economics and states' rights and the Constitution." It was never about black people. We were just a side uh, bar, and it's and because it was never about black people, all the stuff that we have pointed out through history never really happened or uh it was never truly because we were black it was just incidental so all the times uh black people got hung and killed it was just because they were impudent and you know incidents happened and all the times you know that fucking the government i don't know uh gave black people syphilis uh to experiment on them to find out what syphilis does to people and, and lied to them about it and told them that it was a vaccine that was just an incident that may have happened across 70 years that you know wasn't because they were black I mean, you know, all the times that people uh, who were black went to war and fought for this country and got injured and damaged and had to come back and be treated like second class citizens and never like received any of the medals or honor for it that white people got for doing that and, and all the glory and parades. I mean, come on. It wasn't because they were black guys. It just happens. People fall through the cracks like they want you to believe that all that bullshit that we have un- endured and continue to endure never really happened or it wasn't because we're black. It was all some other reason. And. Ultimately, you could have, you could talk to these people until you were blue in the face. And what will end up happening is that they will leave feeling like, man, that guy's really obsessed with race, but I'm not a racist. And that's really kind of the problem. Blue face, baby. Hey, which reminds me, blue face writes his own rhymes. Is he better than Will Smith? <laughs> Again, but here's the thing. Okay. Again, you're comparing him to you're comparing him to somebody who has a, a legitimate discography of written tracks. <laughs> Ask me that question with Puffy. Yes. <laughs> like you're not asking me with people who don't who have never written. Like you're asking me for people who don't write now. Like is compare him to Snoop. Snoop doesn't write at the moment, but when Snoop did write, he was fucking dope, and he was definitely better than Blueface. Oh, God. <laughs> We trolled the like, hell out the DJ at uh on the ship by asking him to play Tatiana like every time he opened he? it up for requests. Did well, he, he liked playing Latin music, so he played all this Latin music, and all of a sudden you just hear buzz down Tatiana. <laughs> that is what's up. <laughs> I glad y'all have fun. It was amazing. Next one we do, we'll let you know. You can buy in if you want. I mean, it ain't like we can always be together, but we always meet up for like dinners and maybe an excursion or something. Honestly, I'm on your own. I'm trying to uh, finagle my way into a cruise ship uh, doing comedy, so <laughs> I'd rather do that. Like, I'm I'm honestly uh, trying to figure out how to like legit do that. Is this karaoke? Yep, uh, every night. That's what I'm in here. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> <laughs> yep, it is karaoke. Come on in, have a seat. Uh, <laughs> See if you can guess what song I'm doing, and then I'm just going to continue with the rest of my jokes. 
they will speak up. I know. I'm I'm used to that. That's this sounds like Blueface. Correct. <laughs> 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 